and a little bit of paranoia. Welcome to the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to tonight's episode of the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and I'm joined by two of our usual co-hosts. Welcome back, Jason. It seems like you haven't been on in a while. And, of course, Uncle Mark. Yo. How, do, how does one podcast? You forgot how? That's okay. We practically it's forgot all how, the rest. too, because it's been... Okay. It's been a it's month. All the rest. <laughs> and the rest? All it's the all rest. rest. You just just like fly fishing, is that it? Sim- similar. Got to make sure you let go of the line at the right time or it'll tangle. Casting. Casting of the pods. Where was it? Somewhere we were joking that podcasting should be uh fishing with uh an Apple iPod on the end of the line to catch mm. to catch viewers. I don't know. It was cricket, funny at the time. Cricket. Cricket, cricket. It's not as funny yeah, I when think, I repeat it. Kind of kind of fell flat there. Kind of fell flat. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was ever funny, dude. No offense. But, you know, we'll let you have it. Hey, whatever. So it's been quite um, a month since we <laughs> recorded last. <laughs> For the first time in forever. It, okay, it's, I had to do it. I had to do yep, it. And I'm wearing, it's, the, I'm wearing the Disney sweatshirt, too. Oh, good. That I picked, good. picked it up in Epcot last year, cool. right before the plague hit. Right before the plague hit. That's right. That's right. Yeah, no, my so, wife and I were in Disney for a second honeymoon right before the plague hit. Yeah, we've talked about that on the show. Yeah. Good I stuff. mean, it was a good trip. We had fun. Even though you got the plague from it. <laughs> I think I caught... So, so I, think, I think we either caught the plague in Newark Airport, which, by the way, can happen when we're not in the middle of a global pandemic. No. Possibly for a giant when I took the kids there the day after we got home. Airports are clean. What are you talking about? Mm, Nork has hookers and pigeons in the airport. Hookers and, and pigeons in the airport. Hookers and pigeons flying around in the airport. I and can, I can, can kind of understand how the pigeons get away with it, but how do the hookers get away with it? Well, I get the hookers not so much nowadays, but oh, okay. Man. Come on, you gotta get. Look, like, I gave you the the, the, get the podcasting joke. You know? I want. I wanted to know how the hookers were flying. <laughs> flying hookers. Lots of heroin. <laughs> That'll do it. All right. We're off the rails That'll already, folks. Welcome That'll to the Iron Sysadmin Podcast. <laughs> All uh, right. So uh, full disclosure, we were going to have, uh, you may remember, Dementor, otherwise known as Avery. He's, uh, or I think I'm pronouncing that right. There's only four letters in the name. You think I could get it right? Uh, we, we had him on the show quite a while ago, and he was talking about PowerShell running on Linux, which was kind of a cool topic. Um what are you counting? The number of letters in the name? Yeah. What? Pretty sure it's not four. I think it's four. <laughs> Is mayonnaise what? an instrument? Whatever. Okay. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Maybe I got the number of letters as well <laughs> wrong. Whatever. I'm not going to look it up right now because that's just another sidetrack. Uh, what the hell was I saying? He was going to be on the show tonight. Now, Patrick. Uh, to talk about home automation with Home Assistant. We've had to bump that back to next show. So hopefully on the 28th, they'll be on. Uh, If you guys want to just wish him and his family well, uh, they had a family emergency and he can't be on tonight. So we're all hoping that things work out just fine. There's no reason to think that they won't, but, uh, you know, we we hope everything is well there. So instead, uh, I came up with a backup topic, which luckily I just happened to be rolling around in my head when uh, he told me this afternoon that he couldn't make it. Um, as listeners of the show are aware, Jason and I, and I don't know, maybe Mark, uh, we have a history of self-hosting things. Like for a long time, 
I ran my own website out of my basement along with my mail and my DNS and like every piece of infrastructure that, you know, you would need to run a website and mail. We're all running right here in my basement. And uh, I kind of got away from that a while ago because I was feeling a little burned out. Some of it I've brought back in, but not all of it. I don't intend to bring it all back, but it really made me start thinking because, because Mark, we have some coworkers who, who do the self-hosting thing. Um, mm-hmm. Is self-hosting still relevant in today's age? And I just thought we'd have a conversation, go around, you know, talk about why you might want to self-host things if it makes no sense at all to do things from home anymore. Um, to, for a little background, the reason I started doing it was mainly because initially I wanted to learn how this stuff worked. Uh, we're talking like the late 90s. I wanted to know how to run a server. I wanted to know how to run a website. I wanted to know how to like make a website. And really, there were only a couple ways to do that at the time. You couldn't just pluck your credit card and put it into uh, AWS and spin up a server instance and start tinkering. Uh, you needed a place to run the thing or host your code. Uh, there were options like Angel Fire and GeoCities, for those of you that remember those things from back in the 90s, uh, where you could just sort of upload your HTML or you had like a WYSIWYG editor where you could make pages. And those weren't really my style. And really the only other options were, you know, some ISPs would give you space to put HTML, right? But you couldn't do anything complicated there because they had their own server mm-hmm. security to, to deal with. There were no database backends or whatever. Um, the only real other option unless you had a big budget, was to run stuff under your desk, you know, in your basement or whatever. So that's what I did. I, for, for like ever, uh, my website ran off, I mean, it was on a 486 at one point in my, in my parents' basement when I still lived there. Uh, it moved over the years as I moved. It expanded to mail hosting and expanded to, you know, I ran a BBS for a while, like all this stuff. And it was always either in my basement or, there was a short time where I worked at an employer was kind enough to let me co-host, uh, not co-host, co-locate uh, my server with him. And then, of course, Jason, you hosted my server for a while. But, um, you know, again, this was all done by me. There was no other provider behind it except maybe someone giving me network and power and bandwidth. So um, today, all my stuff runs on DigitalOcean because I kind of got sick of having it in my basement. Um, I'm not saying that People shouldn't run them in their basement, but I guess that's kind of the conversation today. Does it make sense? Does it make sense today? Like if I were doing it all over again, would it make any sense at all to spin up an old desktop in my basement to run my stuff on? So Jason, I think you still self-host at home, don't you? Yeah, I have a box that sits here. Um, I do I do other stuff that's not at home as well, but um, I have my own server here that runs the majority of everything. Like your website, your mail, your DNS, the same as it always was? Yep. Uh, DNS is handled by Amazon now because um, for two bucks a month, getting that much uh, that much redundancy in DNS is kind of worth it. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Um, but um, I mean, that's, I guess that's kind of my point, right? So if you're hosting at home, you don't get redundant power unless you invest money in that. You don't get backup generators unless you invest money in that. You don't get good cooling unless you invest money in that, right? Um, at what point does it make sense to just, like like I'm doing, I spend 30 or 40 bucks a month on uh, DigitalOcean for a couple, you know, for some file storage and a droplet. Yeah, well, 
I work from home. So my server is a small little, little box that I have in the corner that sits and runs 24 seven. It's on a UPS. Um, I have a backup generator in the garage for the once a year, maybe that the power goes out for more than a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got air conditioning in here. Cause I like not, you know, cooking during the summer and I'm in here, you know, eight hours a day plus. So you so, don't like roasting in a, in an underground oven like you're in? No, not a good no, I, I prefer not roasting. It's in roasting on an open fire. It's, it, it works for me. The, the, for the hosting works for me. I don't need anything high speed. Um, you know, the mail that I'm running uh, is for both for myself and for some old customers that, that uh, of an ISP I was with. Um, so, but it's, it's relatively low amount of mail. Uh, you know, I've got a bunch of websites, but it's right here. So I can just, you know, screw around with it whenever I want. And I'm always tinkering with something. So. Um, yeah, there's a certain amount of freedom to having it right there that you can like physically walk to it and do something to it. Although yeah, that's, I, even that's getting like, I don't know. It's getting to be where I don't know if I care so much about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I keep looking at it from the perspective of, of like, if I go to Amazon or, you know, I go to, um, DigitalOcean or wherever and host this stuff, uh, that's money out of my pocket that I got to deal with directly. Whereas, yeah. you know, the stuff that I have in place here is for more than just that one box that's sitting in the corner. It's it's for my office and everything that I run in my office. Stuff that would stay here regardless of whether or not that one box is missing. So for me, it works out. It's fine. So Josh is asking in the, uh, in the chat on Twitch, I uh, said, I'm curious, do you use pizza boxes or new machines with better slash less power consumption? So you want to say what you're you're running your stuff on there, Jason? Yeah. So back in the day, it was pizza boxes. Um, yep. That's where I was. Uh, Actually, I had old towers. I have one. Yeah. Sitting here so when I when I moved here, uh, I decided that having a pizza box uh, that sounded like, uh, a, like jet a vacuum coming cleaner in for a landing. Um, was probably a little <laughs> loud to be sitting in the room all day long. So I moved to a, um, a different, it's an, it's an Intel, it's still an Intel platform, but it's like a little a knock? ITX board. What's that? Is it a knock? No, no. Did I say uh, that right? Cause I feel Nook. like you, I feel like you, Tom Nook is the raccoon from animal crossing. <laughs> Yeah, Nook is. Is it an Intel Nook or an Intel Nook? It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Nook, from what I've been told. Yeah, you're talking um, about N- okay. the NU's the Intel NUC, right? It's a. I, I yeah. always called it a Nook. So it's it rhymes with Tom Nook. I mean, I don't care. I just yeah. want to use the right term because so, you looked at me like I was barking like a dog. So <laughs> why is Mark barking? <laughs> so I looked Mark at I, I looked at the Intel Nooks at the time and. It, what I built was roughly the same cost, but I could put hard drives in mine, like a lot of them. That's valid. Whereas a Nook, I really couldn't do that with. And I, you know, space was sort of the, the, the thing that I was looking for. Um, so the, it's not a Xeon, nor is it an i5 or an i7. It's, uh, I'd have to log into it. I don't remember. It's, it's, what, what, what are we just going to make Josh a co host? Yeah, right. Well, probably when he goes to a time zone where the show doesn't interfere with the last hour of his day job. 
Oh, well, that's valid. <laughs> Stupid day jobs. I bet he works for a really mean company. I bet he does. It's totally inflexible and wouldn't let him do something like host a podcast. <laughs> so this thing is an octal core Intel Atom. Mm. E2750. That's cool. I have always tinkered with the idea of hosting on an Atom system. Uh, back when I was doing, you know, I used to have any piece of network service or gear that my that my house depended on was a Linux box. You know, I had a Linux-based firewall slash router. I had, you know, Wi-Fi, like dumb Wi-Fi access points that just connected to that Linux machine instead of, you know, smarter devices like I have now. Um, and I always, but when I was doing all that, my power bill was like way up there. I also had servers running in my basement at the time. But, uh, you know, I was paying like three, four hundred bucks a month for power, just for power. <clears throat> and I always thought, what if I replace everything I can with Intel Atom processors? And it sounds like you've done that. So that's cool. So eight cores of Intel Atom. Did you have to run a... That's not x86 then, right? So did you have to run a special uh, spin it's, of... It's, no, it's it's x86. Oh, I thought Atoms weren't x86. No, What's that's. The, I mean, uh, it's actually. I got it because it was x86, okay. or at least. Was How old is it, Jason? To, huh? How old is it? Uh, the twenty-seven. So this server is about three years old now. About three years old. I remember when you yeah. were, when you were sourcing parts to build it. Yeah. So I I have the worst home servers right now. And I say that if you remember Greg Scott, you know, Clayton Oosterhouse. Yeah. Uh, Greg Scott had a bunch of DL 580s. They're towers, but they're, they're, they're so, but they're not desktop towers, like server towers that his wife demanded he get out of their house. So he sent them to me for the cost of shipping. Now, the cost of shipping these suckers was a couple hundred bucks, but they were free. They were free with the like cost of shipping. This. Yeah. These are bigger. <laughs> The, these are these things will actually kill you if they fall on you. This one might. they're 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 tremendously heavy, and they're they're loud, and they heat my office up, and I'm sure they suck power. They're not actually even on right now, um, because we'd hear them, I, right? Well, right, and and when I got them, I installed Red Hat Enterprise Virtualization on them to install OpenShift to try and like learn OpenShift. And now they're my now they're my lab, which has satellite and a couple of other VMs and stuff. But I don't actually use them. At times, I was using um, the Red Hat IPA server or the our IDM server, basically the RHEL seven one mm -hmm. for DNS in my house. Okay, but but I I just pivoted back to my router. I so for me. I have a hard time justifying self-hosting at this point just because of the noise, the heat, and the expense. But I also, you know, I'm not voting with my wallet to buy something smaller, quieter, and cheaper to run. Instead, I'm doing things like upgrading my VR headset and things like <laughs> that because, you know, flight simulators. So but I think I think right there you hit a good point right on the head, though. Um it all comes down to what do you really want in your house? You don't want so, servers in your house. It sounds you want a VR in your house, which is completely so, valid. <laughs> yeah. And I built the home lab because I couldn't do, I couldn't learn the stuff I wanted to learn with tiny VMs on my work laptop. Mm -hmm. 
and I needed I needed the ability to do to basically stand up a real virtualized infrastructure so I could learn what my customers are going through. And now I now it's like I I bring it up when I need to, but it's at the point where if I want to have a serious home lab, I probably need to get newer hardware and it would probably be a much smaller physical footprint for less power and still have the oomph I would need, but it's not a high priority to me. I've been toying with the idea of getting a number of small systems, maybe Intel Nooks, maybe something else. Nux, so so Nux, DP, DP nails it. I should, I've seriously thought about this, setting up a rack of Raspberry Pis yeah. and running Linux on them to do stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because so... to, me, the, the, to me, the perfect <clears throat> use case for home, because I don't, I, I don't do side work anymore. Screw mm -hmm. that. I, my free time is to watch TV or play games or whatever. I don't, I don't need to like be charged. I don't need to be your, your, your computer guy moonlighting as, away from my day job. Um. But so for me, the use case for self-hosting is it has 99% of the time been either because it's cool, like when I ran an MP3 jukebox on an old Macintosh that was running Yellow Dog Linux. That was a while ago. Um, that was is back Yellow in Tom's Dog River, even actually. around anymore? <laughs> I don't think it is. Well, let me just let me throw a few words at you to give you the, the era we were in. DSL, LimeWire, Winamp. Mm -hmm. the, all these, all these making it whips the these... llama's ass. Whips the llama's ass. Yeah. So, so the the server that I have here is based on. So a couple of years ago, when I started looking into this, um, there's a, a a new company that came out called Ansley, um, and they had these 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 small boxes that were like you know exactly what I wanted. It was it was low power. Um, you know, basically didn't have uh, fans in it. It had tons of storage. Was great, exactly what I wanted. So I reached out to them, and I was like, "Oh, this is this is awesome! Like, what do these things cost?" Um, Six grand. Um, and uh, pardon my French, but fuck all expensive is what they cost. <laughs> <laughs> if um, you have to ask, you can't buy them. Is that? This episode Un of the Iron System podcast officially gets the explicit tag on iTunes. Yep. I could not. <laughs> I could not believe how much money these things were. Um, like, well over a thousand dollars for this box. Yikes! It is that box that I have sitting in the corner, minus the fancy uh, metal container that the Ansley has that allows it to not have fans. Mm. That box in the corner is more powerful and cost me less than half of what the ant way less than half of what the Ansley cost. That's cool. Just just as an example, um, I'm looking at their website now. They have this new thing called the Ansley Nano. How big is it? Is it nano? Do you do you do you It's need a Raspberry Pi 4 for $159. Nice. Hmm. Very nice. But it's got a nice metal sheath around it. The metal sheath is what's important. And a 128 gig SD card. How I don't understand like I don't get it. Yeah, I don't know, bud. I, I even I emailed the guy and like I, I ended up talking to the CEO and I was like, I would buy this. Are you but high? What the hell? Yeah. Yeah, it's that's a valid <laughs> Are you high? question. Are you high? Yeah. So I guess so the the idea of a Raspberry Pi based lab is not completely without merit, but I feel like there's limitations there because of the architecture. Right? There, so, there are, I, but the Raspberry Pi fours um it's still ARM, but the Raspberry Pi 4 is like super powerful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I just, I actually just bought one, and we can talk about that later in the chat because it's not quite related to self hosting. But um, 
They are. I, I went on the, the thing that I bought the Raspberry Pi for, for, um, like, to do with, because that came out weird. I said 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, anyway, I'm still not sure what the hell you're saying. Um, the the Pi, I had a Pi 2. My, my parser is, is crashing. Your parser is crashing. I had a Pi 2 that I just had in stock, like, laying around, that I did a thing on, and then I needed to, it was just too slow. So I said, whatever, I'll just go buy a Pi 4. I bought a Pi 4, um, rebuilt the thing, and it is, like, not just twice as fast. It is ridiculously fast compared to what it was on a Pi 2. And this wasn't, like, a crazy complicated application. <laughs> $35? Good Lord. Oh, yeah, they're dirt cheap. Why don't I just buy one now? Now, keep in mind, it's $35, and then you need a little bit of, quote-unquote, infrastructure, right? You need a thing to power it. You need an SD card. You might want a case yeah. for it. You know, by the time you're done, you could probably invest 100 bucks, you know, to get everything nice. Well, there's the kit. Let's see what the hell that is. Oh, that's a, the one that's built into a keyboard. I had to buy special HDMI cables because they changed those on the Pi 4 so they could have dual displays. Mm -hmm. Get that! The Pi 4 has dual displays! <laughs> you can plug two monitors into the damn thing. What? There are no resellers that match that? What? They ain't none. He's he's gonna buy a Pi Four before the end of the show. Uh, but anyway, yeah. The, uh, well, I'm drinking bourbon, so there's yeah. a really good chance. Uh, okay, so so Josh has put a link to where you can buy a Raspberry Pi Four in the the, the Twitch chat. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> there's I, I'm I'm trying to find. I have the link somewhere, but there is a a board you can get. It's it looks it's a little bit bigger than the Raspberry the Raspberry Pi board. And it has slots that look like memory slots. Mm -hmm. And you can get into, I don't know if the Pi 4 versions are out, but you can get Pi 3. Yes. Um, little slot, little memory card slot Pi there 3s. Are, there are Pi, they call them like compute cards or something. They're little, they're Raspberry Pi 3s, maybe there's 4s now, that you literally plug into a, basically like, it looks like a little motherboard, just like you were saying. Yeah. And then you can, you yeah, have I a cluster of Pis. Are you still alive? Yeah, apparently the uh, compute 4s are out. Cool. But I had to kill her. Let's see. But there was this really cool board that you could get. You could put like uh, eight or 12 or something of them in there. Just realized and that Mark can, was singing. You can either cluster them together or you can you can use them individually. But it all ran off of a single board, off of a single power supply. And then it can share storage and do all sorts of neat stuff. That's cool. But, but it's still ARM. Yes, it's ARM. But you can do an entire uh, uh, lab with that easily. Depends on what you're trying to do in your lab, See, right? I'm Whatever you're trying to do has to build an arm. I can still yeah. hear her complain. So he the is thing is, I am. I, <laughs> I am absolutely. I love Guns and Roses. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> 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 you guys drinking before we started, or what? <laughs> To me, so to me, self-hosting. Yeah, that's what we were talking about, right? <laughs> self-hosting is all about scratching that guy's itch, the Apple II. Yeah. Back when, when you had to do a damn thing with a computer, you had to learn the fundamentals, and you had to hack, and you had to do all sorts of cool stuff. So the fact that the Raspberry Pi is ARM means that you actually have to figure it out. Yeah. And you'll have to compile things from source. Well, so right. So it depends on the reason for your home lab or your self-hosting, right? So if you're self-hosting for a Truth. home lab and you're doing that because you have a day job that doesn't require it necessary, necessarily, but will benefit from it, it has to work. 
you have to be able to just like sit down and do stuff on it. Otherwise, you're like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Customer. I'm trying to reproduce your problem, but it won't compile an ARM. And they'll be like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, well, yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. So, but um, I would, but here's the thing. My wife used to make fun of Linux. Like, yeah, I, and, and there, there were a few times when I tried like fooler into using Linux. But then, so we've got this crappy Dell all in one computer we bought. Oh, God, the thing. I'm not even sure how old it is even any anymore. Well, and the hard really drive threw anymore, the so. hard drive threw a rod, right? And it was Windows 8. And the recovery image for Windows 8 was on the dead hard drive. Yeah, I hate that. And since we're explicit already, there was no fucking way I was buying a new Windows 8 <laughs> license from Microsoft to put on a brand new hard drive. Yeah. So I bought a $25 hard drive from Amazon. The thing now could be in kindergarten or, or maybe even first or second grade. <laughs> and it's running Fedora. And it's running Fedora 33. It's upgraded in place all the way from, let's call it Fedora 18 or 20 to Fedora 33. Maybe not 18, but it's 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 been on there for a few years now. It was yeah. in the 20s. Sure. And she uses Linux every day because she, like most of the rest of the planet, what they use computers for oh, yeah. is, the, is a web browser. They need a web browser. You could, you, could, you could replace it with a Chromebook and she'd never notice. You could replace it with an Android tablet she'd never notice. Maybe she would because yeah. she wants a keyboard, well, I'm assuming. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, one of her Christmas presents, she, she, the key, she didn't like the keyboard anymore. She wanted a, a glowing red mechanical keyboard so she didn't have to turn the lights on. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> clackety, clackety, clackety. Oh, yeah. We can talk about that later, too. The clackety, clackety. Yes, yeah, so my wife likes mechanical keyboard. She's a keeper. Good. Good. There you go. So um, I had a thought that I was about to form into a sentence, and then we went off about your Dell all-in-one computer. Yeah, but so the point is, for so so use cases, right? So even though it's ARM, that's not that's like her being scared that she's using Linux because what she's really using is Firefox or Brave. Okay. Right. Um, and so you can probably get for self-hosting if you're running a web business or you're doing something else like that. The fact that it's running on ARM, who cares? The customer is not paying for 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 ARM for Intel. The customer is paying. They're not even paying for Apache. They're paying for stuff to show up on the screen when somebody clicky clicks the link. Yeah. Right. For, so for, for stupid basic websites, I'd agree. But like, you know, even when you get to something so, like WordPress, <clears throat> now you're not dealing with just just throwing words up on a screen. You've got databases and processes. So here's and here's an example. Right? How bound to architectures are you with that? I'm not trying to be a pain in the ass. Are you are you actually stuck on certain architectures for that? And I'm sorry, Nate. I mean, could you recompile? Oh yeah, you can absolutely. Yeah, yeah but the I mean, question then I... becomes like performance in some cases too. If you're if you're hosting a yeah. real website and not just a tinkery thing, right? You got to worry about performance and is ARM going to, is, is a Raspberry Pi running MySQL or MariaDB or Postgres or whatever going to perform as well as an x86 box? Maybe. I don't know. That's that's why <laughs> well, you, you shard your database and you run multiple pies in parallel and you put a load balancer in front of it. Before well, you know it, the problem. before you know it, you have two dozen pies running and they cost right. more per month than this, a single x86 machine would have. <laughs> Or well, I, I mean, I don't if, know you've if you're got... ever going to get there, but and they and they if... they catch fire every so often <laughs> because they're I mean, not remember... designed for that. Remember the 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 ARM uh, the ARM system the 64 bit ARM systems that the college was looking at. Oh yeah, I remember those. Yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of excited to get my hands on that. Yeah, but yeah. It never happened, they were but... ridiculously expensive. Yes, they were. I mean, this that is was, like was... what I mean... seven eight years ago at this point, but right. Yeah. So. Um, 
There was a thing I was going to say. Oh, right. So my use case for a home lab that, that I'm thinking of building, I have not committed to building, is to do things like I'm currently trying to learn OpenStack, right? It's kind of hard mm -hmm. to practice deployment and building of OpenStack on a cloud provider because... Oh, God, yeah. Well, you, you just need, can't. You need... <laughs> The whole point of OpenStack was it's let's run build Amazon in our <laughs> yeah, basement. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you need bare metalage. So I need yeah. machines to do it on. Now, this isn't quite self-hosting. We've transitioned into the world of home labs. It's kind of related, I guess. Um, right. We're mixing topics. If you're just trying to run a website from your house, you could absolutely do that on a Pi. Like, that's dirt simple. That's almost identical to running it on x86 because you install the OS, you install Apache, Boom, you've got a web server, right? There's Emerald again. There's Emerald again. We had a little bit of Emerald uh, before the show today. <laughs> Boom. 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 Anyway. Um, I think it... Deploy Ceph in a Raspberry it, Pi cluster. Oh, my God. He's actually giving me ideas on how to get this done. Uh, <laughs> and I got to learn Ceph because I have a customer that I probably got to start supporting Ceph on in March we've got a TAM opportunity and it looks like it's going to be me and it might make me very cranky to have to learn, to have to learn Ceph. Yeah. I hear it's not easy. I haven't gotten that well, far in my own journey for OpenStack, but it's, it's going to be there. It's going to have to be <laughs> it, Cisco express forwarding, right? I mean, it's just, it's just a compiled. Uh, yeah. It's uh, exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. You just got to watch. Cause every once in a while the cache builds up and then you have to, you have to clear it or the routes get all screwed up. It's, it's really, <laughs> kind of a problem nice so um i don't know if we've really answered any of the question here um does it i don't know do you and this is i for think you, we've Jason, i think we've got three hosting. i think we've got three people with with unique perspectives on it yeah, so you're, you're so, probably right so so my perspective is this i don't self-host anything important because i have enough money that I don't have to like it. So, uh, or, or, or I don't feel like, I don't feel like dealing with the headaches. Like that I used in to itself self is a valid point to talk about. Does it actually save money to self host? If your time is of no value, that's the thing, right? It can, but so like, I've, so I've always so, held so, the opinion that if, so that's always the argument, right? Oh, but all you're spending all your time doing it. Okay. If I enjoy it, then it's it doesn't matter that I'm spending my time doing it. It's also a hobby. It's fun, right? So what I spend in time, I get back in enjoyment. If I hate doing it, which is the almost the state I was in a couple years ago when I when I put all took took all my stuff and put it in DigitalOcean, I was getting sick of hosting it at home. Then, you know, it makes a little more sense to get it out of my time and into my wallet, right? I didn't really do a close examination as to if it's really cheaper to have it in the cloud at this point. And I don't know that I could have, to be honest, because it's really hard to get, mm. like, what fraction of my power is being spent on the servers that are running in my basement. At least it was hard right. for me at home because I didn't have any sophisticated equipment that could measure that kind of stuff. And as your daughters get older and burn more power, your server bill will become a tiny part of your electric bill. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <sighs> So, I don't know. I guess so. Jason, do you ever? You you've got your machine at home to tinker with. 
That's where you essentially run everything you run, I assume, right? Or you said you run DNS in the cloud because you wanted the yeah, the yeah, and every, everything is containers now, so moving it somewhere else would be right. relatively trivial. Well, I guess where I was going was, do you ever like if if I want to tinker with something new, or if I want to try to re-architect something that I'm already hosting, or I'm gonna try deploying it in a different way on DigitalOcean or on Amazon or wherever you're doing it, uh, you can like spin that stuff up and tinker with it. And if you don't like it, you just blow it away. Right? Do you ever feel like you want to do something like that, but then you're you think about how you have it hosted? You're like, I can't do that because my platform's not right, or I don't have that tool, or I don't have that capability. I think the closest that I've come to is is I made a bet on Atomic OS, um, Atomic Linux, because mm-hmm. it was kind of awesome, and it seemed uh, like that's where everybody's going. Yeah, and I... then and then Red Hat fucked me. Um, so well, that's okay. At least you're not going to send us. Bastards. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that one too. Just to cut that wound again. <laughs> so, so now my choice is to go like get with, over it. Well, so I was going to go to CentOS. But, you, know, you can still go to CentOS yeah, seven until 2024. Totally Got boned on that. And one you can too. use CentOS Stream. Use CentOS um, Stream. Yeah. You get your yep. bugs fixed first. Yep. Somebody mute him. Um, so. <laughs> so I kind of want to go core OS, um, but I just have to find the time to learn it. the The, the learning curve on core OS is is a is a tad higher than than other things. <laughs> Josh says you can go to Oracle and Linux. Just as you and just as you learn <laughs> core OS, Red Hat will fuck you again. I can go to Oracle Linux. Okay, yeah. so how does one boot somebody out of Twitch? There's a, there's a button for that, isn't there? Maybe I, maybe I can or... mute him for a few minutes. He deserves it after that. <laughs> You're in a timeout, so, Josh. But, <laughs> but pretty, pretty sure so, Oracle Linux is just Red Hat anyway, isn't it? It's basically uh, it is, it, but it's it, unbreakable. It's it they it's a downstream rebuild. I'm going to answer the question seriously. It's a downstream rebuild, and Oracle does their own spin on the kernel. Right. They legitimate. It's legitimately free, but you have the option of paying them for support. And if I were forced to run Oracle as a database, I might consider using Oracle Linux as the hosted operating system just because oracle probably has done some optimizations there yeah oh they absolutely have and they will try to sell you on it every time they talk to your dba if you were on unbreakable linux (laughs) that being said i personally don't care for the company oracle i'm sure there's delay i have some i know lovely people who used to be there uh larry ellison is crazy i think he's always been mad jealous that he's not the richest nerd so he you know so he bought a MIG to try and make up for that. But yeah, Oracle just not, does not have a good rep in the industry and it's well-deserved. Nope. No, they don't. Unfortunately, they have a terrible rep and what's, I don't know if I want to call it a good database platform, but a widely used database platform. How's that? It's, it's like it's, SAP. Yes, exactly. It's oh, garbage, God. but so many people use it that you just gotta. That you have to it. support it. Yeah. Please kill me. Yeah. Oh, I'm so tired of SAP. Have we used too many things that trigger you no. in the same SAP, sentence, Jason? Well, SAP Triggered. runs on Oracle, so, you know, I get the best of both worlds. Or Jira. I will not, but yeah, I don't self-host Oracle or SAP myself. Yeah, I wouldn't self-host any of those things. 
So anyway, and this has been kind of a rambly uh, back and forth, as you would expect from the Iron Sysamin podcast. I don't know that we answered They'd anything. They'd be disappointed but, uh, if we were straightforward. Hopefully people you, you get could, some takeaways from this. <laughs> you couldn't self-host Oracle. It, the, the power requirements of the servers needed to run it are so yeah, enormous. You need 64 and gig Larry of memory Ellison. and then another 128 gig of swap on top of it. And Larry Ellison <laughs> will personally come to your house to audit you every day. Oh, yeah. Right, right. It, you'll have a couple of lawyers join you for lunch just, yes. to, just to count your that CPUs. you're paying for. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking Oracle. Oh, man. We met, All right. Oh, you, you were there for this, uh, uh, Nate. Um, I, I think the uh, the Oracle guy, the Oracle sales guy, was, I have never, I've, I've bought a lot of cars. You know, <laughs> I've bought a lot of used cars. And, oh, man. and I've met a bunch of car salesmen. And, you know, they're always, you, you know, there's, there's kind they of a They got their shtick. I have never met anyone in my life that just emit used you know greasy nasty used car salesman asshole ever that much in my entire life yep. like i walked into the room and everybody in the room was like Ugh. and then he hair. opened his mouth and it just You're got right. worse yeah yeah I, I would argue that uh used car salesmen are more approachable and friendly Yes, when they uh, kick likeable. when they kick when they <laughs> kick you off a of Billy Bob's dealer lot, then that's when you go to Oracle. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> you're, you're, you're too slimy. You're too slimy to to, to, to sell to sell used cars <laughs> to people with terrible credit. Oh. Uh, so anyway, uh, all right. So sorry, so anybody have a final thought on self-hosting and whether it's worth it? I hope we covered enough of this to be useful for I, anybody. It depends. It's, it's fun. It depends on what you're doing. Yeah, it depends on what you're doing. Well, that's what I, I was trying me, to say before. I do yeah. still self-host a handful of things. One of them is a Plex server that I run in my basement so I can put all my movies in one place. There's a lot of people that do that on cloud providers, too. There's people who figured out dirt cheap ways to do it on cloud providers, too. You just, like, throw it, throw all your movies in a Google Drive, which sounds like you're breaking some terms of service, if you ask me. Um, and then you can, like, point a Plex server at a Google Drive. I've never tried this, but apparently it's a thing you can do. So... <laughs> So a Plex server, that's exactly the use case where I'd be loath to not self-host it right. because you might accidentally have copyrighted material on a Plex server. Accidentally, quote unquote. So I am very grateful for friends who have self-hosted Plex servers. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Because I enjoy watching some of my friends have ridiculously nice reenactments of popular movies. They look they look almost like the actors who play. Oh the yeah. Movie. <laughs> There's some people that they're really good at that. Really good. It at is that. perfectly legal to rip movies when you own the DVD. Thank you. Uh, Thank so you I can only, I can talk. watch is I can it, watch is it actually because <laughs> there was a while they were trying to tell us it wasn't <laughs> no it's it's as far as I can tell it's legal so whatever yeah backup copies yeah, it's not that's copies. not even that's not even if, a fake excuse the problem is that if you then take your backup copies and put them on Google that might be illegal right well, or a cloud provider a, or anything where you can share else. them with other people yeah just don't put them up on parlor <laughs> oh oh I went there you, you can't. <laughs> You can't put them up on Parler. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd put them up on Parler two weeks ago. Yeah. Anyway. Mute button. Here we go. <laughs> All right. So I hope we've covered the topic well enough for folks that you've got something useful out of here. Do you self-host at home? I mean, let us know if you do. If you if you love your self-hosting or you, you, you found that it is more cost-effective or for some reason better 
than hosting with some other provider. And we didn't even touch on the possibility of privacy concerns in all of this conversation, which we probably could have done. I into. just did. I just totally did. You only kind of did with the movies thing. That yeah, we didn't dive that's into a privacy it. Privacy concern. Okay, oh, we okay. barely touched on it on the privacy. Okay. How's that? There barely was touched on the privacy. There was touching. Look, look, look at it this way: if you're if you are self-hosting a server for the purpose of serving websites or some sort of content to the internet, you have increased your attack surface significantly because now people are looking to attack you. Yeah, whether they know you're at home or not. Kitty, right, yeah. script kitty or not, and now you're letting you're letting you are you are. Uh, inviting them to attack your home network. Now there are there are million you know ways to mitigate this, of course, but it's good practice for security. Yeah, it is. Sure, sure. If you can defend, I remember your, the first. You can defend your home up, from the hackers. You can defend an enterprise from the hackers. I stood up a server. Uh, I stood up an Ubuntu VM on my lab a couple of years ago to try and host a game server, and within moments of it, and I I was using Ubuntu because that's what. That's what a lot of the instructions were for. So I said, to heck with it. Yep. It was amazing how quick China tried to attack the damn thing. Oh, yeah. I did a. I, I was for, uh, I was banning whole blocks of IP ranges. I did an article for Enable Sysadmin. I forget what the article was now at this point, but I was talking about security and defense in depth and all that stuff. And just as a test, I stood up a machine on AWS with no firewall and I just watched my. my Within uh, moments the secure log, right? And it, it took 10 minutes. And I was surprised it took that long. 10 minutes before, before people tried to, started trying to attack Root. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Now, it's obviously, crazy. that's a cloud provider's IP space. It's probably getting scanned six ways to Sunday, 24-7, right? But This was RCN space, my yeah. my cable modem provider space, with the uh, and I exposed a single IP using my router, Made put it in my DMZ. And I just yeah. like saying that. These these attackers have servers that sit there and scan the yeah. entire IP space. They, of the they scan the everything. They scan the whole yeah. internet all day long just to find stuff. To you know attack. how you stop that? You it's really easy. Firewall the hell out of them. No, you move to IPv6. They'll never scan you again. Because they they don't let them check that because no one's there. <laughs> it's, it has nothing to do with no one's there. Good luck scanning the IPC, uh, IPv6. Oh, it's so huge, right? Yeah, yeah. The chances huge. of you getting scanned are it's like huge, astronomical. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's what I'll do you next know, like, time. I want to self-host then. I'll put it on. You IPv6. get assigned, like by default, you get assigned like 256 internets of, <laughs> of IP space. Nice. Like that's your normal address. Nice. Some of my earliest uh, adventures into self-hosting were with my Red Hat 5 machines, not Enterprise Linux, but Red Hat 5 machines. Uh, and they would get broken into so frequently because they'd be connected right to my cable modem i didn't know a damn thing about firewalling i didn't know a damn thing about encryption because at the time telnet was the way you managed the linux server pretty quick uh Ooh. pretty steep learning curve there <laughs> Yikes. lots of trial by fire <laughs> i still run telnet they just put it on port 24 and nobody notices nobody finds it then right terrible all right so i think that's it we're gonna go to our transition-y screen, and we're, we'll be back with our, uh, our chat in a little bit. So see you guys in a few. Are you a fan of the Iron Scissorman podcast? If you are, don't forget, you can support the show via Patreon at patreon.com slash Or you can buy merchandise at teespring.com slash stores slash And thank you. 
so I had to check I had to check Twitch to make sure the stream looked okay because everything coming from your computer to mine right now is green. Really? I don't know why. Everything Yeah. Is it, it, it okay, I thought you were going for that old CRT effect, but really? everything's yeah, green. That's fun. Anything. It doesn't look but, that but way from yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, it's in, it's insane. It's almost like when you like if you knocked out like the red and the blue. That's awesome. Should I leave it that way or try to fix it? Do you uh, like it green? No, I don't. Oh, you just fixed it. What'd you do? Nothing. You did. <laughs> I did it nothing. Look fixed to me. <laughs> oh, there we go again. Really? Yeah, really. That's awesome. Is it when this my is... is it when I speak and Zoom highlights me for you that it turns green? Well, now I switched the layout, so I see us in equal thirds. It's still, it's solid green. It's just solid green. What if I... Well, it's not solid green. No, it's got a green tinge. Now it goes in eight layer. No, it's still green. It's still Dude, that's again, awesome. <laughs> I'm monitoring. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going gonna... to... I'm going to go ahead and, uh, I'm going to go ahead and blame Zoom because on the stream it looks perfect, in OBS it looks perfect, and on my screen in Zoom it looks perfect. So it's it's a you problem. It's it, <laughs> apparently it's 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 Mark and I. So it's a, then it's a Zoom whatever. problem because it's not broken on this end. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Ah, the internet. <laughs> yeah, look in the show notes. That's what we say. On the bottom of the show notes. Oh, you've put it in the show notes? Let's oh, yeah. See here. Oh, that's awesome. It is green. <laughs> yeah. That's sweet. I just clipped a part of the screen. And maybe myself, I'll... I don't know why I did me. I did a comparison, but it looks fine on the stream. Maybe I'll include And the guys that. watching the stream are saying, like, what? Fine. Why are they going off on this? We can't. Oh, look. Nice. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jason. You're welcome. <laughs> now just, we can I, see I, how I green it looks. I wanted to make sure that everybody knew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right so we're at the part of the show where we talk about how green zoom is and we give you our announcements and the only announcements i have are the usuals because i don't know do either of you have any announcements I, you wanted to add that we didn't I, I just wanted to show off my new green screen it's a nice green That's screen. awesome it's literally a green screen <laughs> it's a great green screen <laughs> all right so uh right patreon update uh we're making as usual hasn't changed. Uh, Fat stacks. $86 a month from Patreon. And our list of patrons this month is Rudy's God, Bruce, Robert, Matt, David, Solemn with a three and a zero. I think it's a zero in there. Uh, Trooper-ish, Linux, Sys666, Gimpy B, Ryan, Mark with a K, Dementor from PowerShell on Linux, John the Nice Guy, Mark with a C, Julius, Andy, Jay, Charles, and 22532. So thank you. Thank you to all of you who have decided that you want to pay for this show, even though you don't need to. It's awesome. Thank you. It so is. Now, now I want to know why in the background that you're sharing. Oh, that was your that's your Zoom thing. Okay. I see now. I'm like, Wait, why are what? there two normally colored videos at the upper there? corner there? Yeah, that's okay, that's Zoom. That's the that's the uh, Zoom showing uh, the, the other people. Of the other, yeah. Okay. I was too lazy to take it off. Screen. It's just it's not just, green. It just caught my eye. <laughs> I'll I'll cover it up. That's much better. Thank you. <laughs> All so, right. So, uh, P, who is a who was a former Red Hatter, who's a Red Hatter again. DP points out in the YouTube chat that there's a self uh, podcast dedicated to self hosting. Indeed. 
golfhosted.show. So um, as I mentioned, this was not supposed to be tonight's topic. What I was thinking when I first had the idea for the topic was that I would reach out to that fellow redheader mm. and ask them if they want to be on the show. But maybe we'll have a follow-up episode where we do that. Oh, so so DP's a red hatter, but is the guy who does self-hosted? Oh, that's Alex. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now it's all. Now coming I want to know if their their website is on the self-hosted stuff. That's a good are question. Self-hosted. Is self-hosted. Knowing self-hosted? Alex, it is. Are you going to dig into that now and see if you can find out his home IP address and like see if you can get into his home security cameras or something and check out his kitchen? That'd be weird. That would be weird. <laughs> All well, right. British, so his kitchen, his kitchen will be all metric, so that'll be confusing. It would be. He's he is from the UK, isn't he? Yeah. That would make it tough to have him on. I don't know what time zone he's in and how that would work out for the show. Yeah. We've we've talked about having some folks from the admin admin podcast on the show, and it's never worked out because we haven't taken the time to figure out timing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, likely story. So. As I was saying about Patreon, thank you guys for supporting the show. If anybody wants to support the show and you know not in a recurring, I just send you money and get nothing in return except a show sort of uh, a way, you can do so by purchasing merchandise for the Iron Discipline Podcast on our Merch. Teespring store. Teespring.com slash stores slash Iron Discipline. And that's in the show notes if you don't want to have to write that down. Merch. Merch. It makes the world go round. Oh, and I still have this link in here for this, the live at Manning oh. show. Alex is apparently not in the United Over. Kingdom anymore. He's apparently on the West Coast now. Oh. And I'm assuming when Josh says the West Coast, the West Coast of the United States, not the West Coast of the yeah, United Kingdom. Yeah, like what's Kingdom. West of him? That would be the West Coast of, it'd be like the East Coast of what, Japan or something, wouldn't it? Yeah. West of him. Never mind. Yeah. All right. <laughs> now he said East. What do you mean East? It would be European style cabinets. East Coast, so he's on my coast. So he's on. He, stop confusing us, Jayscar. Uh, so <laughs> it sounds like it's the time for his time might be completely compatible. So it sounds show. like so it might be nice. might be a possibility. So I could st- I could still revisit this later. Good. So he's probably he's probably in North Carolina then, because that's where red hatters tend to land if they're coming from outside of the country. Could be. <laughs> Jayscar, you're not on the best coast. You're on the coast where they turn off your power because of forest fires. <laughs> Don't make us have a rap battle, East Coast versus West Coast rap. There, so in the in the off-road space, there is a constant battle between East West East Coast and West Coast because the West Coast has these like famous iconic wheeling destinations like Moab, Utah, where you get these spectacular views and crazy like wall climbs that you can drive a vehicle up. But on the East Coast you get these like tighter trails that are harder to navigate or whatever, and there's always a battle between which one is better. Are the spectacular well, the views East Coast, better, or the tighter, more technical trails better? And it's just like a the East Coast thing. probably. You probably have a higher probability of running into a good moonshiner too on the East Coast. Theoretically, West Coast is the best coast. Yeah, if you say so, I'll take some convincing. <laughs> So anyway, uh, we don't have any new reviews. Oh, did you guys, Jason, you don't have any announcements for anything, do you? When's B-Sides next? <laughs> uh, well, I mean. Like eight it, months it, from now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's typically in November. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we were, so we were 
the plan was to have a a a meetup uh, a meetup a, a an admin meeting this month um but uh uh it's been a bit of a wild month uh what are you so talking about i kind of kind of didn't do it because you know so maybe next month we'll start planning cool so right reviews we don't have any new reviews so folks go out and review the show if you haven't done so already the shows get a couple hundred downloads per show we have certainly not have a couple hundred reviews so some of you are slacking and that's shameful you should be ashamed of yourselves you should all go review the show positively though not badly mark gets offended when you review badly We'll we'll read negative reviews about Mark singing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, maybe it's a situation where any publicity is good publicity. You're probably so, right. You know. <laughs> so go review the show, folks. Then I'll have something to read in this space. Yeah, that would be good. If you if you have something to advertise, put it in the reviews, and we'll read it as a review. I don't know there if that's going to work. That doesn't usually get. I am very opposed to people trying to sneak advertisements into anything. <laughs> I probably, I'd probably catch it. Unless you, I mean, if you word it in such a way that I read you, that I read your review and your advertisement and don't realize it, then you win. <laughs> <laughs> a winner is you. That sounds like the gauntlet has been thrown down. So go review the show. Try to work an advertisement into it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. So, it's been a month since we recorded last. What have you guys been up to? Anything fun? I know Jason finished his cool little arcade machine that he showed us a while back. Well, I, I so I finished building the arcade and the, the cabinet, and I, I got the TV for it, and I put the Raspberry Pi together, and I had it running, and then I took it apart, and then I had it running, and I took it apart. But I've gotten graphics for it now. Why do you keep taking um, it apart? Oh, to get the... Okay. I, I initially I was going to put the games on right onto the SD card and then I was doing more research and apparently that's a really bad idea. So then I was, then I have them on a share now. So does I it re-trigger some stuff? Does and, it cause too much read and write to the SD card and cause failure? I guess. Yeah. It'll, it'll destroy the SD card really quick. So it's interesting. So instead um, I have them on a, uh, a share on my, my, my NAS. Um, so that should, that'll work. And then, I got graphics made for the uh, the arcade cabinet itself. Um, so I was I've been working on getting those put on. So today, I had I, I picked up a router um, and a uh, like a, a wood router, like a Cisco uh, or like a Juniper. No, no. Did you go to a, the new age? <laughs> no, no, it's a oh, I don't have it in here anymore. It's a, it's a Dewalt. Oh, uh, so. I didn't know they made oh that kind of router. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> the kind of routers up. before we had routers. <laughs> so I picked up this stuff called T trim. Oh, looks like this. It's just the trim that goes on the edges of the oh. of the cabinet. Oh, that's cool. Um, so you have to you have to you have and to shape like a T, isn't it? That's yeah. Why you it's... have to route a channel for the T to go into. Yeah. So I went out and got a decent router and found the bit that I needed and got the bit and, and did that today. Um, I That's did that cool. actually just before the show uh, uh, and had more problems with that than I've ever had in my life doing anything. Um, just routing the channel or putting the thing. Yeah. On. Wow. Yeah. Routing the channel. Um, so uh, uh, there's some, 
repair work that I have to do now. I'd um, imagine that would have to be it... super like, like how do you keep it centered and everything? Was that the problem you ran into? Um, or does the router yes, have a actually? Well, the like router guard on so it. So the router has. I mean, it, it has the the guide on it, and it's you know you set the the height and everything, and that was fine. That 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 I thought was I I pulled it out and was checking it and tightening it and everything else, thinking that was the problem. That wasn't the problem. Um, apparently, I somehow bought the cheapest goddamn bit in the world, and the damn thing warped as I was using it. Yeah, he'll do that to a cheap bit. I, okay. Is that I mean, a two-bit bit? People use the word two-bit to describe cheap things. Yeah, I, I guess it 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 just warped and caused. <laughs> Nobody laughed. That's fine. I'm shaking my head. Don't you see that? <laughs> so 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 yeah, that was uh that was today's fun. So now I have to. Uh, um... Jace car. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> I have to I have to fix that. So. But I'll 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 figure it out. I'm I'm not overly worried about it. Um, but it it is quite annoying that it it did what it did. Yeah, I guess so. So it, did it warp, and then you had like a crooked cut, or was it not cutting? Well, right. So it it in I think what was happening is so I, I was I'm you know pushing down on it, you know, making sure that it's staying straight, going along the side, and then you know the, it like tipped up on its own. I was like fighting it to keep what it happened? down. I yeah. pull it out and it turns out the channel's going up like this. And I'm like, the hell's going ah. on? So I put it back in and I cut it. And then, you know, I'm measuring it as I go. I have a little piece of the 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 T mold in and mm -hmm. I'm putting in all the way around. And at one point it slides over to the side. I'm like, what the hell? And I, you know, when I was done, I looked at the bit. I'm like, the bit is like this now. I'm like, oh, I, I think do I it. figured out what the problem is. That'll do it. So that'll do, pig. So next time when you when you buy a nice expensive router, buy a nice expensive bit to go with it. I thought the I router ain't worth nothing if you don't have any nice bit to go with it. <laughs> yeah, apparently. So it was. I mean, I, I'm. I don't know if it was. I'm guessing it was part of partly cheap bit and partly that it's a small. You know, it's only a sixteenth inch bit. Yeah. Like a, a well, flat yeah. If you're blade. So if you're like pressing on it too much, or if you're cutting too long, I'd imagine it would heat up and and warp. Yeah. Well, I did it in like three foot sections. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't think that that was too long to cut. I don't know. It I depends. Hope. I mean, was the thing like smoking hot when you pulled it out? Uh, after I was completely done, yeah, it was actually it was well, it was it was warm. I mean, every bit gets warm by the time you're done. I wouldn't say yeah, it was, warm's like, okay, hot. but if it's hot enough to warp the steel or whatever the bits made yeah, of, it, then it's it wasn't it wasn't like it was. I was doing it in the cold garage too. It wasn't even like it was smoking. Um, hmm. so it was hot, but it wasn't really like kicking off a lot of steam. But whatever, live and learn. Yeah, I guess so. If I build an arcade cabinet. I'll do it differently. I've and uh, by differently. I mean, I'll have them cut it before me before I get the pieces. <laughs> I'll do it yeah. differently. <laughs> so, uh, how you feel about that self-hosting versus paying somebody else to get your work done discussion now? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm good with the self-hosting. Uh, the woodworking, I'm not so good at. But I mean, did you have fun and did you learn something? That's the that's the key. Or do you hate I, your life? Frust I I would I, I have to do it more to learn more. Yeah. I mean, this was this is a once and done, hopefully don't have to do it again type thing. The things that I have to do more to learn more, I prefer that those involve meat or things that well, we're already an explicit podcast, but I'm not gonna go there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
Those, yeah. I guess, would also involve a form of meat. But oh, anyway, yeah. Yeah. what? What? Yeah. Anyway, hi. <sighs> Good enough, I'm waiting Mark. For, waiting for Nate to dig us out of that one. Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to dig us out of that one. Except you're not. We're just going to go to the. We're going to go to full chat, I suppose. Except, well, we so kind of we're we're kind of in full chat mode. I just didn't go in order because yep. you know Jason didn't put anything in the notes anyway. So yeah, well, yeah. What else have I been doing? Uh, fighting with my 3D printer. What do you mean by That's fighting? I put a BL Touch on the 3 3D printer. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and uh, as it turns out, after uh, a couple of months of dealing with this, uh, I think I'm going to learn how to compile my own um, Marlin code uh, for, for firmware. <laughs> because Ender's firmware, when it for comes BL to the Touch. BL Touch, is yeah. garbage. Yeah. Absolute garbage. I, I have, have put every single version that they have have out. I put it on this this printer at least twice. I have found firmware to be the one major failing, firmware distribution, the yep. one major failing that uh, Ender has has publicly available at the moment. Because <laughs> I when I got mine, uh, I guess folks may not know, I picked up a three D printer for Christmas for my daughter because she wanted a three D printer, and of course. I don't think she had any idea what she was asking for when she asked for a 3D printer, but I wasn't going to say no. I wanted a 3D printer. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've had quite a bit of experience in the 3D printing world since uh, since Christmas time, and one of the things was the printer came with a pretty ancient firmware on it, and I don't understand why, but it did. So just trying to find the right firmware to flash to it was kind of a challenge because there's like three different places to get it from and like one of them is the message forum and the other one's their website you, you and an ender another... right yeah ender 5 pro okay so the, the so i don't know if you've noticed this yet um there are an awful lot of creality websites there's at least they're two all, they're all different companies yeah you said that before i ordered mine directly from creality 3d official Yep, which I think is the. Or... Which I think is official. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even sure. Um, because and, I remember you saying that, and I was trying to find yeah. the one that I thought was actually official, and that seemed to be it. Several of them have firmware, um, and yeah, it's a, a couple of them keep changing. So, from from reading on the Reddit site, uh, um, there's a an Ender community on Reddit. Um, it seems that the consensus is screw Creality, uh, compile your own. Oh yeah, I haven't really had a reason to to tinker with the firmware at this point. I basically I got the firmware up to date because I was trying right. to fix a problem I was having, and and I use Octopi for everything else. So right. the so firmware Octopi I almost do nothing that has to do with the firmware. Right. It's the it's when you get to if you if you install BL Touch you you well hopefully you won't have problems but I've run into nothing but problems. Yeah, I haven't and, done and BL Touch well. is for self level self leveling right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you'd think it'd be, I mean, you'd think it'd be ra rather simple, but it's not. Hmm. So Yeah, so, so this thing. Poking at it. I'm finally getting this thing replaced at the end of the month. The monoprice will be back in stock at the end of January because when I finally contacted them about the issues I'm having, he's like, yeah, we're just going to replace it. So. Oh, nice. <sighs> I, I don't know if I'd buy monoprice again. Honestly, because I'm not sure how many times I've RMA totally. And so I'm thinking maybe that they're just pieces of garbage. And perhaps. Well, you 
it's a mono price. You get what you pay for. They are they are incredibly inexpensive. Yeah. Well, what you just said. <laughs> so, and I've had some fun with it. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, it's just like, ugh, what next? So the so so hopefully the replacement will last longer than this. The... I mean, this thing's been out of action since March because I just didn't want to friggin' deal with it before I went on vacation. And then the pandemic hit and I just couldn't be bothered. Because you didn't have any time? You're too busy going out doing things? I just didn't, I didn't feel like <laughs> dealing with it. Ugh. Yeah. So. Anyway. So I guess we've already sort of dovetailed into my own chat, which is I've got a 3D printer now and I've been doing nothing but printing. It's It's been like 24-7 printing something since I got it. <laughs> I remember those days. Which is kind of, it seems to be what happens when you get a 3D printer. Those were fun. Those were fun days. Well, but you should get the damn thing fixed and then you can go back I'm to working on it 24-7, right? So, I'm working on it. So I know that on the stream, my camera is tiny, but I have been tinkering with printing and green. mini minifig. Well, it's not green for everybody else. It's only green mm, for you. True. So this minifig is going to look green to you, right? Is it green? Not if I look on the YouTube. Okay. So uh, I've been trying to print minifigs on my Ender 5 Pro, and it has been quite the <laughs> rabbit hole <laughs> to get these yeah, things. A... To get How's these the resolution? To, to print right. So that was the initial problem, right? I, when I first got the thing, I had trouble with the heated bed, and uh, I thought it was because the heated bed arrived defective. I thought it was shorted. And it turned out that I was just measuring it wrong. Turns out that hmm. that seems to be a common thing for me where I think I, I'm absolutely certain I know what the problem is. And I go down that for two weeks and then find out that I just made a mistake at the beginning. and It wasn't actually the problem. That wasn't the problem. It wasn't shorted. Uh, it was <laughs> such a simple thing, <laughs> as it always is, uh, on the power supply for the the printer uh, since it, since it came from China. Was set to 220. And the only indicator that that was a problem was that the heated bed didn't work. Oh, see, you're lucky. Uh, Mine was set that way too, but every time I went to print, the whole machine shut down. No. So mine would, it would print fine if I turned off the heated bed. If I left the heated bed connected and turned it on, it would just flash the screen at me. Right. So I started looking into what the hell that meant. And someone said, oh, the heated bed is probably defective. Check the resistance across the leads on the heated bed. So I did, but I had the freaking meter set to the wrong level. <laughs> right. So, it, of course, it measured almost zero because I had it set a whole order of magnitude off on the damn dial. And um, when I set it to the right one, it measured properly. Right. So I found that out later. But in the meantime, I updated the firmware. And then after updating the firmware and plugging in the heated bed, uh, it would do something different. It would turn on now, but there was some other issue. I forget what it was. And that led me to thinking that it was not, in fact, the heated bed that was the problem. And then I looked further. I found someone else that said, I had that exact same problem. And they said, oh, the the damn power supply was switched to the wrong unit. So I switched it and boom, it worked. Yep. (laughs) Boom. There we go again with Emerald. Same thing I had. So, yeah, very, very. In fact, I think I think once I updated the firmware, it may have done what you were describing, where you try to print and it would shut down or it would do something weird. Yeah. Yeah, As soon as it would try to initialize the heated bed, it would. Yeah, it would heat up the um, it would heat up the hot end. 
um, perfectly. It, it got hot. Yep. It looked great. It would kick in the the heated the, the bed to heat the bed up, and the whole thing would reboot. And I was like, "What the hell?" Yeah, I think that is what it was doing. It would reboot. Yeah, yeah I, I, yeah, it was interesting that that like half of the machine worked seemed to work just fine. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I had I had that switch set the wrong way, and the heated bed disabled for a week, and I was printing stuff. Yeah. Right. While I was trying to figure out what was wrong with the heated bed, and it would print because. You know, I was trying to figure out what to do with it, trying to figure out how to print and whatever. And I thought, well, they're going to have to send me a new heated bed. And while I was troubleshooting with them, I was using it. I was actually printing stuff and it was working. So, yeah, it was just when I turned on the heated bed that it would that it would give me trouble. So weird. Oh, my. Yeah. Sounds like you've got uh, Octoprint set up, too. I do now. Yes. And it's pretty damn cool. So uh, I've got Octoprint. I've got the Raspberry Pi. I printed a case for it, so it's the the on the uh-huh. right underneath where the display is. The case slides right over that, and the the Raspberry Pi goes right in there. Really? Where'd you yes. find that? On um on Thingiverse. Uh, Thingiverse. Yeah, Do I can still have a. a yes, yeah, send me a link to it because I printed a normal case that has little holes in it that you can mount to like a wall or something, and I was gonna find those little toggles that fit into the frame of the Ender Five. And I was going to just mount it to the frame. But if there's one that's built to fit on the display, yeah. I'd rather do that. Yeah, slides cool. right over it. Slides right over it. And it actually has a channel for you, um, uh, a channel for the, um, the, ca- the uh, cable for the, the camera. Uh, the camera. Good. So I have, I have a cable that comes out and goes up to, I bought a special camera, a bigger. Uh, uh, I'm just using a Raspberry Pi camera. It, it, it is a Raspberry Pi camera, but it's, it's, it's a bigger, longer one. Um, really, really nice resolution. So it goes up to that, and I printed a, a a mount that the camera goes on and points directly at the bed. That's cool. Yeah, so it turns out the Raspberry Pi camera, version 2, which is the one I happen to have laying in my box when I set the thing up, if you if you take the board and you turn it upside down so the so the cable is, up, is poking out of the top, it'll fit right. right in the rail on the Ender 5, and then you can put a zip tie around it, and it looks perfectly <laughs> at the build plate. <laughs> So that's what I'm doing right now. (laughs) So yeah, worked out. Yeah, I'll send you. I'll send you the link to the camera that I got. The thing is is insane. I've got a a case and everything printed for it. That's cool. So yeah, the uh, the world of 3D printing is quite entertaining, and I don't want to go too deep into it tonight. Maybe we could have another show about 3D printing. I don't know. It could be. It could be multiple episodes. It's crazy. There's so much to it. Definitely be. Uh, but last night I did a presentation for DEFCON 610, which anybody who saw a stream go live on Iron Sysadmin last night, that was it. Uh, you can go back and watch it on YouTube if you really want to. But I talked about basically my first couple of weeks in 3D printing land, because it's only been what, three weeks, I guess, since I set the thing up. And uh, it's been quite the learning curve. I mean, the amount of stuff I've had to tinker with and figure out in the past three weeks is just like crazy. Have you have you delved into G-Code yet? I have not, not directly. Oh, I don't know if I intend to. Crazy! <laughs> it's it's uh, basically a giant ass text file of commands. It, it yes, is, but it, it's it's it's, it's it, the exact yeah. commands of what the thing. And sometimes you need to look at it. Yep, you can do some pretty neat things with it. But no, I've been learning a bit about supports, so I can try to do these minis better. Like yeah. again, you guys Which, can't see me all that well, but here I have my mini printed. He came out perfect, but there's a support stuck in the mini that I can't get out without destroying the mini. (laughs) Which slicer are you using? I'm using Cura. 
Okay. Um, sure has got so many options for supports. Yeah. So what I did is I found a guy online who does, he runs a YouTube channel where he basically talks about how to print minis. <laughs> like imagine like it's that deep of a topic and he, he actually took his Cura settings and published them. So you, he just exported them and you can download them and throw them into Cura. I did that last night and I got a pretty darn good print. It's this guy here, right? Like you can see him. He is, he is cut out. He's a little dwarf fighter for my D&D campaign. He has one or two minor problems and the supports were still difficult to get off. So, but he, this, this guy doesn't use tree supports. He uses standard supports, which are tough to get out of a mini because the mini just ends up encased in plastic. Um, it can. But, so I want to use tree supports. So I found this plugin for Kira that will let you physically just like manually place supports. So what I'm doing now, so like this one, this, this archer, if you can see the archer I'm holding up, uh, she has a quiver on her hip and that never gets supported well by the tree supports. So I can't print this one with tree supports. Uh, Grillthorn, that's this, this, this dwarf. When I use tree supports, this arm never prints. I have like three prints of him. Here's one with no arm, right? Because he won't print with his arm. The, not the arm holding the axe, but his other arm. Um, because it doesn't get supported well by tree supports. So what I can do now is I can f manually place a support under that arm. Uh, he's got a ponytail. I've put one under the ponytail. And then uh, there's another piece of him that forgets. I forget which it is. It doesn't print right. I put those in manually and then turn on tree supports and the whole rest of the figure gets supported normally with the tree supports and it's printing right now. We're going to see how it turns out at the end. How many how many benches have you printed? I have printed none of those. That's cool. Oh. Little boat. Yeah, it's a it's called the 3D benchy and and um, basically what it is, it's it's a uh, it looks very simple. It looks like a little boat. Yeah. Um, it is a it basically tests the hell out of your printer. Because oh, yeah? all of the you know supports and ladder like all of the stuff that you would that that is really really difficult for your printer to do it has it in it so if you can print a, a perfect benchy you, you usually on a uh, a good path to being able to print um really nice stuff cool so i'm looking at octopi right now and grillthorn has finished printing and i really want to go look and see if he's correct now but i can't because we're in the middle of the podcast <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, and that would be that. rude. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, there were two other things I want to touch in the chat. I don't know, Mark, if you want to talk about anything you want to chat about first, and then I'll I'll hit those. Uh so yeah, i i had a uh, I had a decision to make because Red Hat has these things called Red Hat Rewards. For those mm -hmm. who aren't aware, you, you can basically, you, each Red Hat employee is given points each quarter, I think, to give out to other Red Hatters for help being helpful. And so I, I had a bunch of people give me reward points towards the end of the year, and I ended up with essentially like 500 bucks worth of them. You can turn them into gift cards or mm -hmm. Visa cards or whatever. So the question was, PS5, uh valve index headset or big monitor and and i put my name in for an index headset only because there's a little bit of a back order and and that came up for me the, uh yesterday like you can pay for it now so that 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 won the contest so my valve first. index 
it, it well and it's i think it's what i really wanted first in because i have for. i yeah i have the htc vive the index you can do you can do an upgrade in place because it'll use the base stations and the uh and the controllers it'll use the uh the htc vive controllers you don't need to buy the index ones oh that's cool and because what i've discovered kids is if you want to if you want to find a hobby that'll gulp as much hardware going to vr as a fat kid going after cake well not just vr but flight simulators oh, in vr yeah microsoft flight simulator 2020 i had always said i was going to hold off until vr support came and they dropped it in in december so i i bought it about a week or so ago and i've spent a lot of time dorking around with it I actually got to the point where I, I have a GTX 1070, mm -hmm. which used to be an awesome card. Now it's a, now it's a it's a good card, right? But it's it's not the most current. I was act, I I was overclocking it the other day, figuring out how to do that. And I've got VR working. I've got a decent balance, I think, between frame rate and visuals. Now on flat screen, it looks amazing. That's not even a challenge. But on VR, it's it. It, it has to do a lot more work, but yeah. the, the, the problem with the OG Vive, the original Vive, in a Cessna with analog gauges and stuff, I can read them fine. You use a newer Cessna with like the built-in avionics, the, the LCD displays or like a modern jet with the, with the, I can't friggin' read the stuff like because of the resolution. Huh. So uh, I, that's the, a, the valve, that's a terrible valve, problem to have. Yeah. So, so the valve is basically conventional wisdom says the valve is pretty much the best all around consumer level headset. The, the H the, uh, the reverb G2 technically has a higher resolution, but the refresh and, and all that other stuff isn't as high. And I think that the 1070, it wouldn't be able to push the resolution for the reverb. It just, the resolution would just be too much. So I decided the the index was going to be where I went, what I went for. So, yeah. So hopefully I'll have an index definitely by the next show. That's cool. Um, but you know, much like much like three D printing, optimizing your system for the the virtual reality and and the stuff like that, and and the flight simulator stuff. Uh, no, I'm never no no Oculus. No, no, I'm not touching that. I I want to get more away from facebook than i am anybody who wonders Please. why all of a sudden mark was drawn into that it's because jay scar I, mentioned it jay in the scar chat said, the <laughs> oculus and chat no not only no but heck no hell no <laughs> yeah so but that's my big that's my big uh that's my big technical update other than the fact my 3d printer i'm going to get that replaced mm -hmm. and then jason and i were talking before the show the other game that's been that's been sucking away a lot of my cycles is this little ditty called oxygen not included oxygen not included it it it's one of those games where you don't directly build things you have workers that you and you assign priorities to different tasks and then they go about and fun happens it's based on a genre that I first played the first game I played in the genre is an oldie, but a goodie called Dwarf Fortress. And then there was a game called Rimworld, which both fine games, but Oxygen Not Included hits a sweet spot for me where the other two games, I just kind of Dwarf Fortress is a really tough one to get into. And Rimworld, well, fun. It got to the point, it got to the point where, uh, the, it, I would always get slapped in the face by the bugs that would attack. But oxygen not included, I'm having more fun with it. 
That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, the the VR is the the thing I'm I'm bigly excited about. I don't bigly think I've excited. played any games since we came back from our week off. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. kind of sad. I should do that more. I I must confess that my uh, my oxygen not included in flight simulator time has taken away from me making new content for a D and D campaign. So I should feel bad about that. But part of me really doesn't. You should. Damn it. Because totally what we've been doing that. is on, on those Tuesday nights, we've been doing board games instead using Board Game Arena. Yeah. Oh, and Cyberpunk. I did a, a play. Th- I did my first playthrough on Cyberpunk on the PC. And on PC, it's a good game. Yeah, I've I've played. I'm like just. Well, I don't want to give away any of the plot, but I'm I'm ju- I'm, I'm pretty. I feel like I just finished the intro. <laughs> did it do the Cyberpunk 2077 splash screen yet? Because it, it, you get a splash screen when you actually are done with the intro. No, maybe not. Maybe I'm not, not done with it then. You're not done with the intro. That's crazy. I, I don't have much time into it, an hour or two. I don't even Yeah, know. there's no way you're done with the intro. Okay, cool. I, I haven't even gotten it yet. I've been playing uh, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Cool. I've heard good things about, about Odyssey. But yeah, um, Cyberpunk neat. is fun. I just... I For whatever reason, so... When you started talking about Cyberpunk, when you first got it, Mark, I went and started playing Fallout 4 because I had never finished it and I really wanted to play more of it. And then I decided I'm just going to go ahead and buy Cyberpunk. So I bought Cyberpunk and um, I played an hour or two of Cyberpunk and then I went back to Fallout 4. (laughs) So I played several hours of Fallout 4 during our week off and didn't go back to Cyberpunk yet. So I'm going to have to. And then I'll forget all the damn controls. I love Fallout 4. Yeah, it's a fun game. It's a fun game. So anyway, we've we've gone quite on a bit here. Uh, there were two things I wanted to mention. One, if anybody has tried Mastodon, are you familiar with Mastodon? It's I a, feel like I should know Mastodon. It's a decentralized social network. Right? No, haven't tried it. It's like Twitter, but it's decentralized. It's basically the same feel as Twitter, but it's decentralized. Um Actually, Jscar and I had a conversation about it probably back in November or something, and I decided to go ahead and, and give it a shot, and uh, I signed up on a cool service called Librem One, which Josh mentioned to me. Um, it's more than just a Mastodon instance. They also incorporate, like, the, the point is that it's supposed to be private, it's supposed to be no ads, it's supposed to be they don't mind your data. Uh, it's not just Mastodon, but it also includes chat, which happens to be based on Matrix, which is the same thing I've been doing our Iron System community on. Um, and there's a couple other things. The, the free tier, there is a pay tier. The free tier gives you Mastodon and chat, and that's it, and that's really all I care about. Uh, but if you pay for it, you can get, like, VPN, and there's a couple other things, mail, like secure mail and stuff. Um, I don't know. I just think it's fun. If you look up at gangriff at Librem.1, you can find me on Mastodon. I also set up an account for the podcast. I don't know if it's going to go anywhere. If we end up with followers there, then so be it. But it's there. Uh, if you look up at ironsysadmin at Librem.1, uh, you can find the podcast there. I don't know if it's ever going to catch on. I know a couple folks who use it, so I was already aware of it when I talked to Josh about it. Or Jscar, if you're looking in the chat. Um, I was already aware of Mastodon. I didn't know about Librem 1. But there it is. I'm giving it a try because I'm kind of sick of Facebook and I'm kind of sick of Twitter. 
kind of sick of just about all of the major <laughs> social platforms. I don't know. Librem One is currently a better place, but I think it's because no one's there. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess we'll see if it ever grows in popularity. But yeah, there's some pretty cool stuff um, on Librem One if anybody's interested in that. And the other thing is more of a conversation I wanted to have, and it actually goes around our community slash chat platform. So we started on Slack, as you might remember. I got kind of sick of the way Slack handles their invite system, and I moved us to Matrix because, well, I wanted to try out Matrix. I thought it was a fun platform, and it's a lot easier to do invites because it's more of an open thing, and I can host my own server, which is kind of fun. Um... And we got some folks there, right? I have a link set up so that when you chat on one platform, it goes to the other. There's a link between the general channel in the Iron Sysadmin Slack and then the main uh, Iron Sysadmin podcast channel on Matrix, right? So when messages go to one, then they go to both. Um, I started working on setting up a more private channel for us to have our internal podcast discussion, but that didn't quite work out the way I wanted it to. So we still do that on Slack. Now it's all kind of like mixed and almost, I won't say broken, but it's like, now there's two places to manage stuff, right? Sounds broken to me. And there's not, there's not a lot of buy-in for Matrix. I've talked to a number of folks that you would think would be all in on a self-hosted private messaging platform. And they're all like, we don't care. Use Discord. <laughs> right? So I wanted to ask the question of both you two as co-hosts and of the crowd who might be listening to this show, should I just give up and make us a Discord community or Discord server? You can talk now, both of you, by the way. <laughs> like, what do you guys think? Should, should I go back to Slack? Should I just deal with the way their invites work? Should I tell the folks that are on Matrix, you can stay here if you want to, but all the main stuff's going to be happening in Slack. Do we make a Discord server? Discord, I had my issues with it. I still have a one qualm about that whole profiles thing, but I've found a way to live with that by setting up um, a thing that I can run Discord in its own little containerized thing on my Windows machine so I can, my two profiles, can I can be logged into them both at the same time. One of them's in the Discord app and gets all the features. The other one's in kind of this little containerized browser thing, but it's good enough, right? Um, Discord has cool features, like we could send this stream to Discord, which I know you think I'm saying wrong. Discord, Discord, I don't... Discord. However the hell you want to pronounce the word. <laughs> I say we just stand up our own IRC server. We kind of did that with Matrix. <laughs> So anyway, um, anyone listening to the show, if you have any feelings one way or the other, if you think we should just make the permanent home for the community surrounding Iron Sysadmin on Discord, maybe we'll do that. If you think Matrix is awesome, that's cool too. We can use Matrix. It doesn't integrate quite as well as Discord does. Discord has like a, a, a freaking trillion ways to integrate with things, which is another reason that I was kind of yeah, approaching I, I... it. I've got Slack running and Discord running pretty much twenty four seven now because I've got right. I've got business stuff in Slack and I've got well everything else is in Discord. Yeah, as it is right now, like running twenty four seven on any machine that I'm ever on is a web browser, Element the the Matrix client that I use, 
Discord, now two instances of Discord <laughs> because I have to do it that way, and uh, Slack, right? So if I could cut that down by one, that'd be fine. I, I love the idea of Matrix, and part of why I wanted to put us there was to help with adoption of Matrix, but I've heard of lots of other communities that have tried to do that, and just nobody buys in. They just say, like, okay, you're going to be on something other than Slack or Discord. We're just not going to come. And I'm worried that that's what's happening to us, right? So if we go all in on Slack, I'll just figure out how to deal with the invite system, or we can go to Discord. But either way, I, a community is not a community unless there's actually people participating in it. And at the moment, Slack has almost no participation, and um, the Matrix community has some participation. I don't know if moving platforms is going to fix that or not, but if we can just like focus on one and make it awesome, maybe that would be the way to do it. I, so. I would just I would just choose one. I mean, it sounds like Discord is probably the better. You muted yourself on accident, yeah, I apparently. <laughs> I mean, <Yep. laughs> mid sentence. So Zoom is hard, but, so yeah. so it let, seems let like Jason Discord finish is, a sentence. <laughs> Discord is sort of where everything is at right now. So right. Uh, I would just say just move it to Discord, be done with it, and and let that be that. I mean, I think part of the problem that we're running into, um, and what I'm seeing, and it's sort of across the board, is like. The, the, the past five decades uh, that was 2020 has sort of exhausted a lot of people. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's it's kind of rough. Like, I don't have the energy to do this shit. You know, like, I, I just, I don't have the energy to sit and, and chat and jump through a hundred different programs and try to figure out where everything is. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I kind of fell off the radar for a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think a lot of people are feeling the same thing. That's That's at least what I'm seeing. So uh you know i say we you know personally i say just you know go to discord um you know slack is never going to have the features that we want um it seems like discord no, does slack seems or, like it's not going go, in the same direction if you want to go to matrix that's fine but i think you're only going to get certain types of followers on matrix yeah discord is stupid easy i already i'm already in many discord channels it's a no effort platform to use for me. It is. And that's part of what makes me think of this, right? So I, like I said, I, I love the concept behind Matrix. I wish we could all just use Matrix, but realistically, everyone's on Discord now, just like everybody was on Slack two or three years ago. Right. And I don't want to jump our community from, from place to place just based on what's popular at the time, but I do want it to be in one place. Yes, I can you keep know, these bridges it, up and going, but if we set up a Discord server, what I'm probably going to do is give everybody on the Matrix community and everybody on the Slack community time to move, and I'm going to shut them both down because I don't want three things to manage. Right. Like, I don't mind managing the, the Matrix community and running the server that, that, that it depends on. Because I like the project and I think it's cool, but if no one's there, it doesn't matter. <laughs> so, anyway, um, I don't want to belabor this too much longer because we do still have news to cover and it's already almost nine. But if anybody has feelings on this, hop into whichever community you're in and let me know, or hit us up on Twitter. Uh, I feel like we should, we should use Discord just so we can figure out why you enunciate it the way you do, because it amuses me every what? time. I don't even understand how I'm pronouncing it wrong. Discord. Discord? When you say it without thinking about it, you emphasize, you, you don't emphasize the proper syllable. It's funny. It's, it's endearing, I would say. Discord. But anyway. <laughs> he has troubles with Philippines. So what? I don't, I don't know. 
Yeah. Maybe maybe it, maybe it's where you live. I don't maybe know. Maybe it's where I live. I had <laughs> I don't want to go on too much of a tangent, but there's a Jeep show that I listened to called the Jeep Talk Show, and they were giving away a thing called a Jamok. Jamok, which is a it's a thing that you can mount to the roll cage on your Jeep that works as a hammock. I called into the show and said the word hammock, and they made fun of me about the way I say hammock. Because you're saying it like someone who lives in backwoods Pennsylvania, like a because bunch of Because I live in Pennsylvania. It's, it's, it's not well, that's there you it's go. Ham hock. It's it's a hammock. Yeah, right. Hammock, so right. that's the way they do were end, pronouncing it, and sent, they made fun of me for it. Do you end sentences arbitrarily with the word yet every so often? Not yet. <laughs> Learn to word properly. <laughs> spell spell the word hammock and tell me where it comes from. Oh, God, <laughs> listen to the pencil Anyway. Oh, you say it, it's hammock. It's hammock. Like we say it in Jersey. Hammock. Hammock. <laughs> it's the German in me. Yes, <laughs> oh, meanwhile, this is hilarious. I'm in a group chat, a spam group chat, where this one guy is flying into a rage. I mean, it's pure spam. We can't like, see what's on your screen because it's too bright. I, it, the contrast doesn't. <laughs> but this guy is like... Renew my number. How did you all get it anyway? Why are you people sending the messages? I'm reporting this to the, the authorities. And oh, I, like course, a text group? <laughs> yeah. And I, of course, had to troll. I'm like, what authorities would those be? What's the <laughs> I'm just curious. All right. I'm going to hit the purple button, and we're going to talk about the news. How does that sound? This guy is so bent that he's been added to the spam group. Mark, I feel I feel like the only proper way to handle that is to add more people to the group to ask them how to remove people from the group. And then you end up with an unsubscroll. <laughs> I'm tempted. But, you know. There's 20 people in this and it's, it's exploded today. Normally I just delete them, but yeah. this one, I actually had to screen cap a few times. Because I'm, I'm curious it, what the upper limit is. I, I know the upper limit on the number of people that you can you can tag in uh, in a tweet is 50. Oh, yeah, we found that out in Threadzilla. Yeah. Yep. Well, this is, there's 20 of us in this, and I feel like these are my new family. <laughs> Except for this one really angry dude. He is, he is unhappy that he's in this group. Well, he might be part of your family after the first couple news articles we have to talk about. If yeah. He's angry. I am. I'm not inviting him for Thanksgiving next year. <laughs> All right. So I feel like we have to talk about this subject, and it's not because necessarily of the people and service involved, but because of the the way it's panning out, the way it's like the precedent that it sets. And um, folks, I... We talked about Parler a couple months ago, and I think I set my my opinion of the service pretty clearly. Uh, I thought at the time there were like there were a bunch of people that were sick and tired of the so-called censorship on other social media platforms, and they up and left or claimed they were up and leaving. Most of them didn't actually leave the other popular platforms and went to parlor because it's a free speech platform, quote unquote, free speech platform. Um, I set up a parlor account at that point just to look around and see what it was all about. And I think 
on the show, I said, this is going to turn into a far-right conspiracy theory echo chamber, and I want nothing to do with it. So that's where I stand on Parler, like the service itself. You may have I heard... Think Parler, I think Parler's a, a cesspool of Nazi fuckwits. Okay. I mean, that's... That's that that would be my opinion. That's and I'm probably glad it's gone. that's probably a better way of of summarizing the service parlor. Uh, so you may have heard that there was some unrest in the United States like two weeks ago, a week ago. Actually, it was a week ago Wednesday, wasn't it? Um, where a bunch yep. of where basically folks who were at essentially a Trump rally led by their orange leader uh, stormed the Capitol. Now I don't intend to talk about politics on the show. We always try to avoid it. It's going to be tough to avoid it with this particular topic, uh, but I'm going to try to be careful. Um, you may have gathered that from you know a lot of my opinions and whatnot on this show, I t tend to lean a little more conservative. I still do not condone the actions that were taken. I also don't support the orange man in charge at the moment uh, because I think he's an idiot. So with all that out of the way, you may have heard that Parler is under fire at the moment. In fact, at the moment, I think they're dark. They're they're done. They're not coming back. You think they're not ever coming back? They're not coming back. They there's no way for them to come back at this point. And the the CEO has basically admitted to that. So I I think back to a couple years ago, there was another service named Gab, if you remember, that was taken down for similar reasons because yep. of the the flat out hate speech that was being spread around on their quote unquote free speech platform. And yep. I think we, we tackled it in the same way then, right? We talked about a very similar topic then, which is what I'm about to approach now. Uh, and as far as I know, they came back. They found another host, didn't they? They, they yes. But well, it wasn't, it was not uh, quite as, um, they didn't go away in quite the same spectacular way that uh, <laughs> yeah. Parler went away. Uh, and Gab is where the Parler people have been moving to. So, uh you know, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. But yeah, right. It may away, end up, that wouldn't be a bad thing either. May end up going anyway. So uh, Parler was basically kicked off of the everything <laughs> because of the content you could find on Parler. Um, and the things or the reasons that were being cited by both Google and Apple and Amazon, Amazon AWS was their, uh, their hosting provider, basically cited breaches of terms of service. They said that because they don't police the content on the platform and that it can incite violence, they've been removed from the Google Play Store, they've been removed from the Apple Store, Apple App Store, and they've been removed from AWS, which pretty much means they're gone. Unless they can find another host and move all their data, which I don't think, do they even have access to their data now that they're gone? Were they deleted? The rest so, of the internet has access. Yeah, to their the rest data of the internet scraped their data. Yeah, they so had there's, a there's terrible API. <laughs> so, so Google Google nuked their app. Um, Apple nuked their app. Yeah. Uh, and then AB, AWS came out um, this past was it past this past Saturday and said uh, we're we're turning you off on Sunday. Um, Sunday or Monday? Now, well, whatever. What, it was a what short was, time. Right. What was it? Was the end of? I believe it was like eleven fifty nine fifty nine. I thought they had Sunday, a week or something. Like was that. it only a few days? No. No, no, it okay. was it was overnight. Okay. Um, what what wasn't reported then, and I'm not sure if it was uh, um, public or not, is that apparently uh, in doing this, uh, Amazon said, "Yeah, we're going to turn you off, but we will hold your data. We will help you migrate your data to a new platform." Okay. 
right? So they're, you know, yeah, we're kicking you off our service because we don't like you anymore, but it wasn't like we're burning you, burning you from, you know, we're, we're nuking you from orbit because it's the only way to be sure. So they did arguably the right thing in the situation where we're not going to yeah. block off access to your right. own data, that kind of thing. Right. Well, that and I don't, I don't know that it makes was me a little happier. <laughs> right. I, I, I don't think it was done for, it really doesn't matter, but my, 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 my guess is it wasn't done because it was the right thing. It was done because it covered AWS's ass. Because if they would have just nuked their data from orbit, yeah, um, that's then, why they did it. I guarantee. Yeah, yeah. Then there's then there's they would have been there. sued over the data not being accessible and that yep. kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, Parler has since sued them. Uh, Tried to and, sue them. Uh, yeah, they're they're well. I mean, they've successfully sued them. They've they've they just created a lawsuit yes. against yes. AWS. Okay. AWS responded today. So Parler's problem or Parler's uh, claim is that um, they have created a Oh, I forget the exact. They're violating the Sherman Basically. Antitrust Act. No, it was it wasn't really an antitrust thing. It was it was a um, the fact that um, Amazon in, in in getting booted off like this has basically destroyed you know caused them irreparable harm. I think was what the the mm -hmm. irreparable damage. I think was what they said. Um, and Amazon's uh, reply, I don't, which which I think was first reported today, was basically like you claim irreparable harm, but Here's the definition of irreparable harm based on all these court cases. Um, and you have stated publicly that you have all of the data, you weren't relying on Amazon, and you'll be back up in 12 hours, so it doesn't really matter. Hmm. How is it that we caused you harm? Which is the, but I mean, they're not back. Right. Um, so they're calling, <laughs> they're calling for the lawsuit to be thrown out. And, and it may yeah. be because of that. Because I mean, it that could makes be. Sense. Yeah, right. You, you come out with a plan like, oh, they threw us off. Twenty-four hours we'll be back. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, there's there's section two thirty stuff. Like there's there's all sorts of nonsense that's been thrown around. Um, you know, there's an awful lot of like, oh, you're 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 breaking your First Amendment rights, which is not correct. Um, but you know, they've been booted, and what has followed suit is that after they were kicked off. Uh, a large number of other platforms where you can host this sort of data have basically publicly said, yeah, we're not going to host Parler. Yeah. Um, pro just prior to AWS booting them, um, Twilio kicked them off of their platform, effectively disabling their 2FA. What's the, oh, Twilio's so, multi-factor. Okay. Yep. They were using Twilio for multi-factor. So... Um, the geniuses at Parler had written their code such that if Twilio goes away and two-factor, there's, there's no Twilio for two-factor, then you can put any number at all, any six-digit number in, or I think, I, I'm assuming it was six, everybody's six digits. Um, you can just put any number in there you want, and it passes 2FA. Assuming you have the password. R right. You, yeah. Your account with, with password. Otherwise, it's not 2FA, um, it's 1FA. <laughs> right. Um, well, they, they, it basically, because 2FA was, instead of blocking everybody because two-factor doesn't work anymore, they allowed right. everybody in and effectively turned it into one-factor. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, they wanted this. I can understand why they would have gone right. that way, but you're right. It's not, from a security standpoint, it's not a good idea. Yeah. Um, about the same time, Archive Team jumped into yep. action and identified um, the public APIs that were available from Basically Parler scraped everything, yeah. That allowed them to get all of the videos, pictures, and chats, and proceeded to download a everything. reported 70 terabytes of mm -hmm. data from Parler. 
When uh, I first I would... heard that, I thought, oh, man, these people have actually broken into something, and now they're sharing that data. And that's not really what happened. What, they, no, what they're sharing no. is publicly, publicly accessible data. Because archive of a... team, yes. What yeah. archive team did yeah. was publicly accessible. There are right. reports that there were other um, actions taken that may have not been uh, legal. Yeah. Right. against parlor and that admin surprise and I mean, so one really. of the things that was said was like they were able to reset passwords for accounts because two-factor didn't work so now they could just get into the system like they they just yeah. like bypassed everything yeah um and took over the admin accounts there's there's a there's a thread on reddit i think that sort of goes into a bunch of this um regardless um you know 70 terabytes uh, of data transfer from aws is um, not cheap. So no, uh, I guess I not. A very large bill is coming their way as well. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yes. Yes. I feel for them so much. Fuck them all. Uh, so, so um, yeah, we're so keeping that explicit tag. You're earning yeah, that right. Tag. Well, you know, Jason's got feelings. Um, this one, and this one, yeah, dude. I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm take care of Jayscar. Oh, he's got to go. All right. Go eat, go eat your dinner. You're going to miss the best conversation, best part of the conversation. He's hungry. It's 6 o'clock on the, on the wrong coast. He's, yeah, he's right. On the, on the worst coast. See, it starts with a W. It works, right? So anyway, so I do not in any way condone the crap that went on on Parler, but it really makes me curious about the precedent this all sets. And you probably know where I'm going here because I've 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 stood on this soapbox before where basically some of the biggest vendors in the tech industry have essentially shut this site down with almost no recourse, right? Like this this site cannot come back unless they find someone that's sympathetic to their cause. So Nate, here here's the problem. Okay. They didn't arbitrarily shut the site down because they didn't because they disagreed with them politically. No. If you read the third, if you read the 13 page court briefing and you read some of the content that was on there, they were in direct violation of the terms of service. And Amazon the noticed this quite some time ago and gave them multiple opportunities to increase moderation so and to get this vile content off their service. The thing they're standing on, though, is that they weren't moderating the content. Yes. Okay. Right. And 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 so, they can do that, but you can't shit on my porch just because you're okay with shitting on the porch. Hang on. the The thing I'm concerned, and again, I'm not defending Parlor, right? Some of the crap I've heard of that was posted on that thing is completely vile, right? Yeah. And the fact that they were given warnings makes me feel a little better. The fact that they weren't immediately just like like dropped uh, makes me feel a little better. They were given chances. However, the thing that all of the articles that I've read is standing on is that they violated an item in the terms of service that says they don't moderate content. Right. Well, that's so, a lie because Parler's terms of service says they moderate content. Amazon is under no obligation to waive their terms of service because Pauler doesn't feel like moderating. Well, right. here's that's that's where I was going with with my porch. Yeah, like here's the you you don't think I'm worried my, about. It, okay, the thing I'm worried about is there are lots of other platforms worried. that don't moderate content. There mm -hmm. are lots of other like 
our conversation about self-hosting, right? If I'm going to host my own mm -hmm. stuff and I either cannot because I can't see the data or I cannot because I do not have the manpower moderate the content. If I run a Mastodon instance and people are spreading hate on there and I either don't notice it because I'm not looking at their data, I'm not scraping their data, I'm considering it private, <laughs> or because I simply do not have the time to moderate it right. and I'm doing this as a hobby, right? Right. I could be kicked off too under those terms. Yep. Kicked off of where? Kicked off wherever. of wherever I'm hosting. Wherever, wh You're self-hosting. No, 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 right. No, so self-hosting... If I'm hosting my own application on a cloud provider or on any provider. Well, that's, well, that's unfortunately, and here I am, I'm going to be Captain Obvious. If you're going to use somebody else's hardware and you agree to the terms of using that hardware or service, those are the rules. You're, you might be okay with your children peeing on the floor. If I if you're if you're coming to visit my house and I say I don't want your kids peeing on the floor and you come to my house and you let your kids pee on my floor regardless of my explicit wishes I'm going to tell you to leave and take the kids with you but because those were my terms of service I'm we're, never coming to your house Mark right between, right between people crapping on the on the porch and peeing on, peeing the, on floor. the floor I'm not sure I want to be there Here's the thing right so here and and again I'm I'm trying not to to fall in with the crowd of conservatives that are jumping up and down saying this is a violation of freedom of speech because it isn't, right? I'm not going that way. But we're in, a, we're in a world where it's becoming less and less common to be able to host stuff yourself without a cloud provider being involved. My, IS, my ISP doesn't want me running a website in my basement. Dude, so... so let me rewind 20 years, maybe 30 years. I, wanted to, I, wanted, I wanted to be a writer. When I was in college, I fancied myself a writer of short stories. For me, I, for, for, pe for lots of people to see them, I had to submit them to magazines or whatever else to be published. Mm -hmm. there was, there, that was the mechanism. There was no other way for that to happen. Nowadays, anybody can basically publish anything. Well, I don't know where again, I'm going with this. Again, but, you, you you still you still have to deal with the terms of service for where you're publishing. Right. right? So, but if so, but, if I want to if I want to publish objectionable content, <clears throat> my only option might be to stand up servers in my house or in a data center that has loose terms of service, and then and then people can read it. But if you're but the point is no one no it is not anyone's absolute right to use resources that you are essentially renting any way you want you you enter an agreement and and that's just that's the reality of our that's the reality of capitalism that's the reality the thing, of regulation the but, thing i'm so, worried about is what world that leaves us with if that leaves us that in a world, world what's that? We've been in that world forever. The, the, you can, you are, you, every business, every business has the right to refuse your service yeah. for any reason. Yeah. Unless Correct. you're violating specific 
discriminatory statutes. Correct. Like, right. So let's go. Yeah, let's a, go back. Let's valid go back thing to clear years. up there. <laughs> yep. Let's go back a couple of years. There was a there was a bakery. You're going to talk about the gay cakes. I get it. Yes. The, the bakery. <laughs> the bakery well, the cakes aren't see, gay. The but cakes here's are the problem, right? I know. Here's the problem with this. That they won their case. They won the case, and they are allowed to not sell cakes to gay people. So look, I'm not okay. And what Amazon has done. Okay, and and this isn't actually what they've they have not said this, but if you want to look at it the way that the all the people that are bitching and moaning about Parler getting booted off, what Amazon has done has said you are equivalent to the gay person that is being denied a cake at this point. I don't want your crap on my service, and I'm a business, so get lost. And I'm sorry, the people that made that law possible, and and fought for that bakery to be able to say, I'm sorry, you're gay. I'm not going to serve you are getting exactly what they designed. And they have, I'm sorry, they have no right to bitch about that. That is what they wanted. They got I, it. Oh. I think, I think, but what are you doing? Come on. Comic relief. She came in to steal. I feel like we're ganging up on Nate here. You are ganging up on me. My point is Amazon is a much bigger player in this world. And I, I'm not going to weigh in on where I stand on the bakery thing because, yes, you're right. When it comes down to black and white, ones and zeros, uh, true or false, you're right. It's the same deal. It is. I will completely admit that. Same deal. It's small bakery that affects a small community of people refusing service to somebody because of something you know, a lifestyle they've chosen is very much the same case as what Amazon is doing right now by kicking Parler off. They, Does Parler deserve to be kicked off? Probably. Right? Right. Now, I, I, the, I don't know. The point I, is Amazon think, is I such think... a huge player in this game. There's only a handful of cloud providers. Okay. So? So use a different... Here, here's the thing. It, 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 the cake obfuscates it it's really simple as someone who is renting resources here are the terms of service you agreed to you violated these terms of service multiple times were given multiple opportunities to 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 fix it you chose not to and by the way this directly led to to assisting the uh, a riot and an insurrection which is a big friggin deal it is a big deal and again and, i'm not and, arguing that i'm i'm right and, and look, Amazon, I don't think, I mean, I, from what I have been able to tell, like Amazon doesn't do this every day. This is like, no, this no, is this a is... big deal for them to boot somebody. They don't, they don't normally just like, oh, you know, they just boot people off. And this was strike 20 or 30. This yeah. wasn't even strike three. This has been going on for months. I guess my only worry, and maybe I'm being extra paranoid, is that it is... The, the gates are open to make it more common now. Yeah, but the alternative is what? Anybody can say anything anywhere at any time, and there's nothing nobody there's nothing that anybody can ever do about it. Which means that Parler can sit there and openly talk about insurrection and blowing shit up, etc. And and you know all the crap that they were talking about, and nobody can stop that ever. They could do that by standing out in front of their house and shouting it. And they're not allowed, like, people can ignore them. 
They can um, have the, actually, they can have the cops call them, on them for, for, for being them. too loud or something, right? Yep. But and if they want to sit on their front porch and have a conversation with 110 people about insurrection, they can. They can. Try, uh, try making a threat against the president in a public place, and you'll get an interesting phone call up at or a visit. <laughs> Probably. I'm going to get one after like this, a, a, like, a valid, like a valid threat. <laughs> no, a valid threat against a political leader. I mean, there, there are lines you don't cross. But here's the point. Let, let's take some of the emotion out of it. And again, it, it, it really comes down to it's not your computers you're using and it's not your infrastructure. You are a, you are That's renting the, it. That is the very crux of the problem, though. Right. And it, this this wasn't meant to dovetail into our conversation about self-hosting, but it kind of is. Right. We're, yeah. we're, we're coming into a world where it's becoming more and more difficult, I think, to host your own mail server, to host your own website in your basement or whatever, because your ISPs are getting more and more, um, I don't want to say hostile toward it, but they're charging more for it, right? It's not a thing that's as, a, as affordable as it used to be because they don't want you to be hosting stuff from your house because in a lot of cases, that's just a security problem, right? Like a uh -huh. lot of viruses and whatnot are doing that kind of thing. So they have it all locked down, so you can't do that. So unless you're buying commercial service, which costs a ton of money, you, you have to go to one of these providers. You have to pay right. a web host. And web hosts, believe me, I ran a web host, are getting less and less common because the cloud providers make it so cheap and affordable for you to go put stuff on their hardware under their terms of service because it's so expensive to do it everywhere else. Yeah. So someday, I maybe not in my lifetime, but someday, relatively soon, we're going to be in a world where there's only cloud providers. That's the only way you're going to get your stuff onto the internet, and you're going to be you're going to be stuck in their terms of service, and you're going to have to agree to their terms of service, whether it's because you want to spread hate speech or anti-Semitic crap, which should not probably exist, or because they don't think that I don't know that your cake business is worth having, you know, an online presence. Right. But short of your own home or a public street. There, it does not exist anywhere in the world where that is not the case already. Go down to the bar. You have terms of service when you walk into that bar. I don't care what you think, you do. If the bar owner wants to throw you out because he doesn't like what you're talking about, nothing you can do about it. You can go drink by yourself on your porch. You can go drink by yourself on your porch and have fun talking to your wall about your insurrection plans. Go for it. Right? The... If you are not in, if you are, if you are going into a, a non-public area or not an area owned by you, you have to abide by whatever the rules are set by the people that own that area. I mean, you walk into Walmart and start yelling at the, you know, this, that, and the next thing, and they'll escort you out. And when you won't leave, they'll call the cops and the police will come in to enforce that and say, you're coming with us. But you still have an escape from that. What's that? You still have an escape from that. Which right? is what? Well, you can go shop somewhere else. That, and that they had the exact same. That maybe you, they don't. Sure. Right? Sure. I go to I go to Walmart. I get thrown out because uh, I, I refuse to wear a mask. I go to to you know <laughs> like that ever store. happens. 
right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Whatever. So, I go so to the next store, and I get thrown out because they were, they refuse to wear a mask. I go to the third store, which is some mom and pop shop that I happen to know the guy. They don't throw oh, you out because you're not wearing we a mask. We don't throw out. We don't, the but mask you might get COVID, yeah, but, right? But but <laughs> but eh, whatever. So you get COVID and die. But the they don't have the stuff that I'm looking for because they're this little shop that does. You know, Walmart has basically taken all the stuff and and all the stuff that I'm looking for is elsewhere. But I've made my decision. Um, you know, See, I, the- I've decided to go somewhere where I can spout my insurrectional crap. And I'm not thrown out of the store for it. There's nobody and if in we're there. looking. They don't have anything to buy, look- but whatever. And if we're looking for a metaphor, the Pauler equivalent is you're you're imitating Winnie the Pooh and just wearing a shirt, nothing else. And you're trying to <laughs> shop at Walmart. Yes. And then Walmart throws you out. And then you try to go to Target. And then you try to go to Kit. Like it's behavior that's not going to be welcome anywhere. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, like I said, th- this is definitely an argument based on a service, which I probably agree with you, probably should not exist, or at least should have some moderation, because there is a line. There's a line between censorship and just keeping things decent, and right? Pauler's own CEO said they had the bare metal that they didn't need Amazon. They can just they have their own bare metal hardware they can run it on. Okay, go for it, dude. Yeah, go ahead and do it. guess they didn't. That's what it comes <laughs> down to. Ah, uh, so anyway, we've beaten this for half an hour. Maybe we should move on <laughs> before we get too um, heated and don't want to talk to each other anymore. I, I I get the slippery slope concern that it's a world, it's going to be a world of censorship, but I, I I really just I don't buy that in this case. It was it was such an extreme situation, and I got to go with with Jason's perspective on this. I. Amazon, this is not the kind of thing they do every day. And when you actually look at the legal documents, they gave them chance after chance after chance after chance. Because in the end, this is Amazon leaving money on the table. Because they want your money for the service. Right, absolutely. They don't want to kick people off their service. They want to take their money. Well, I mean, the one one argument that I would make, like, against it is that Amazon and Twitter and Facebook – um, basically destroyed any any use of their terms of service over the last you know four plus years because you know look at the people that have been on the service breaking those terms of service left right upside down and backwards and they haven't done shit well yeah it, and, took, and- it took storming of the capital for them to go oh maybe we should enforce that now I think there's. I think you're going to see some, some changes and some shaking up. That's because right. none but of, I, I think there's a valid the argument. Stuff, none yeah. of the other stuff that they did put up with was quite to the right level. It was all arguable. So, it was all oh, he's, you know, he's not really hurting anybody by saying that thing. When in reality, maybe he was. But yeah, it, it was. It was. It was very. It was extremely black and white. These were so, breaking the terms of service. Period. End of story. Yeah, right. And so and nothing was done. So I don't I don't know about you guys, but let me get personal for a second. I've been a conservative my entire life. And I finally I couldn't take it any longer. I didn't vote for Trump last time. I voted third party. I voted for Biden this time. And after last week, I might never vote for a Republican again. Not someone who thinks that anything that happened as the people who are kind of being like, well, it's the same thing as the BLM marches and stuff. it's It's just. They're just not no, quite no. equatable. If you, if, you, <laughs> if you at all, if you can look at Trump's speech last week and look at his son's speech and look at Giuliani, 
and look at his reaction during that day. And you can walk away with anything other than disgust. Then, then we're done. Like we're not, we're never going to see eye to eye on that. I think that the last four years have left the Republican party in a complete dumpster fire. Yeah. Which so is if this kind of what you're saying, yeah. right? Um, yeah. I think there's going to be a rift even within the party, maybe several rifts for a very long time to come. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, they're going to have to, they're going to have to earn their way back into any sort of respectability. I, I think, but, there needs to be, I, I think there needs to be accountability. I mean, they, yeah. they went, we'll see what happens overboard trying to get accountability for black lives matter and everything else. I mean, if it's good enough for that, I think we should be holding them to the same, you know, at least the same level. If, you know, if not more, because they actually stormed the Capitol, but you know, start the arresting meme, them. Yeah. Everybody the like the leaders, the whole nine yards, get rid of them. The meme about if, uh, if Biden wins the election or if Trump wins the election, the, the, the left wing will riot. And if Trump wins the election, the right wing guys will just smile and go to work. Yeah. That aged really well. Yeah, It didn't work out. The so right, well, the it? right can never, the right can now, never claim any, now, any on, moral superiority on, on that in, ever again. In, in the right's defense, that's a very small, small radical edge of the right <laughs> that did not smile and go to work. <laughs> uh, dude. And yet they're the loudest ones and the ones that are leading the party. And right? let me tell you, your Congress people, the, the RNC chair people, et cetera, the people leading the party are not denouncing it. Sorry, I don't care how small that group was. If the leaders are not denouncing it, that's a bigger issue. And I'll tell you, I've got Facebook friends across the spectrum. You and I have had this talk before. Mm -hmm. And a scary number of people that I thought were smarter than this are what about is it or they're what about in the whole thing and they're they're no they're not i agree i've i have seen that in a, in a lot of places so it's a lot not of people a small number nate there's a small number that actually brought it to violence is what i'm saying there's a small number that actually took action the rest of them might be complaining and bitching on social media but they still smiled and went to work that's what i'm saying okay i'll give you that yeah so anyway, we've gone long. Surprise. Um, there's one more news article that I wanted to touch on only because... How many listeners have we lost? I think it's yeah. a... Well, we're, we're actually right where we started at five viewers, so that's cool. No, I mean, after <laughs> after they listen to this the recording, how many people have we lost? So Can we throw religion in here too, just for uh, no, just, just to make sure make, we're good? We'll, okay. we'll cover that on the next show. <laughs> Bless your heart. So All right. there's an article... Well, first of all, there's several articles about Parler that we didn't even cite, but they're in the show notes. You can go look them up if you want to. Uh, and they were basically just to get the conversation started. We didn't really cover any We didn't of them. need them. <laughs> we didn't need them. <laughs> but um, there's an article here from Reuters. The father of the web, Tim, Tim Berners-Lee. I always pronounce his name wrong for some reason. It's so simple. Berners-Lee prepares... Rhymes a, with Discord. Pre <laughs> prepares... A do-over. All right. So, um, sir Tim Berners-Lee. Sir, right. Well, it's not in the. I read the, the title. The I'm title looking. I actually it. clicked it through the say, article. It it's does the very say, first sentence. Sir, sir Tim Berners-Lee. But it's not in the title. I read the title. It's not in the title. But you didn't read the. You didn't RTFA. God, I haven't gotten there. 
turn. You interrupted me before I got there. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So there was apparently a, a, what was it, tech exchange or something? No, I'm looking at it. I'm there actually a, reading your article now. Uh, dang it. Where is it? Yeah, this looks like it's going to go nowhere. From, from the Reuters Next conference is what it's called. Okay, so uh, apparently he spoke there, or I guess virtually spoke there because of, you know, COVID mm -hmm. and whatever. Um, and there's a recording, which I can't see now because the site has so happily replaced it with advertisements for other articles. Uh, however, he's basically saying how the way the internet has panned out really isn't how he pictured it. With all these silos like Facebook and Twitter and Google and whatever, and how they don't really intercommunicate with each other, and how content shared on one platform isn't easily shared to another. I mean, you can, but you can't do it and maintain privacy in any real meaningful way. You have to make it public and share. Um, and identity is not a thing that is easily exchanged throughout the world. Now, obviously, we have SSO vendors. We have things like you can use your Google sign-in to sign into all kinds of other things. You can use your Facebook sign-in to sign into all kinds of other things. Um, but there's no, like, one centralized auth or one centralized place for your data. And uh, he's backing this this uh, startup that was called... Where the hell is it? Interrupt. Interrupt. Yeah, but there was a thing it's based on. It's called, like... Solid. Solid. I was going to say, it's called Solid, isn't it? So he's backing this project called Solid um, and forming, I think he's he's forming a another company called Interrupt, right? I-N-T-R-U-P-T, Interrupt. How do you pronounce that one, Mark? Discord. <laughs> Am I pronouncing it wrong? I don't um, know. And the idea would be, and I don't know if how much of this is actually in real technology yet because I haven't checked out any of the projects that he's mentioned. But the idea would be a not central, but uh, unified identity system is basically what they're talking about. Uh, maybe that's the first step. Maybe it's the last step. I don't know. Where your identity, and he mentions data, would be something that you can host in what he's calling pods, and that personal online data stores, right? That's I've never really heard pods actually extrapolated to personal online data stores, but I've heard pods used to describe this, this idea before. Uh, where basically your data becomes yours again, right? And your identity becomes yours again. And you can somehow host this in a way that is then shareable uh, on your terms, which I think sounds like a really, really cool idea. I think it has the same problems that most other decentralized things do in that you need some expertise to run them or you need to know someone who has expertise to run them and then you you need to be able to protect them, right? Otherwise, it just becomes another place for people to steal your data. So I don't know how they're going to tackle that problem. This article doesn't go into it. This sounds like it's a very beginning conversation. Um, but I thought it was worth talking about on the show tonight. So much so that even after we went off the rails for a while and the show went long, I wanted to make sure it was included. So go mm -hmm. check out the article. I think, it's, I think it's a pretty cool idea. And I think uh, it could make a brighter future for the <laughs> the internet i hope maybe i'm just being optimistic well it, that would be nice it is a neat idea but there there've been a lot like this and the one thing that's always missing from these is the hook for companies to use it yeah why why would facebook want to use this what you know 
look at look at your social media platforms look at the majority of platforms today mm -hmm. they're making money by mining and selling your identity your data mm -hmm. so if you've got that locked up and they can't do that there, there's nothing for them to make money on so why would they why yeah so uh just as a good example right now um, obviously, with all the years I've been on Google's platform with my Android devices, I use my Google sign-on whenever possible, so I don't have to put in a new username and password for every service that I'm going to, because, you know, it gives me some element of single sign-on. Uh, I can't do that on Facebook, can't do it on Twitter, can't do it on a number of platforms that have a, an interest in me having an identity with them and not with some other provider. So you're right, you know, what's, what's the buy-in? Right. And I mean, we can always fall back on the old argument. Oh, well, people can just choose to not use Facebook. People can just choose a better way. They won't. <laughs> I did, but... Well, okay. You <laughs> are a minority here. I'm sorry. Yes, I, am. <laughs> I am, but it's, it's, it's possible. But I, you know, and then the other, the other thing that people point out all the time is like, well, you know, if it's a good enough service, people will pay for it. And I'm sorry. Like that's, mm, that's kind of rarely. It's really not the case. It really isn't. Yeah, um, if it's, I think you're if it's see... free, even if they're doing terrible things with your data, people will still use it. Yeah, I think I think you're going to see, um, you know, this is going to start hitting home for like video services soon too. There's there's too many. We've hit a point where there's too many video services, and some of them are going to have to fold. Yeah, it's what we asked for. People though. are not willing to pay every service. Don't you remember ten years ago we were like, damn, I hate paying all this money for this big bundled cable service. I just I wish I could buy my cable TV channels a la carte. And yeah. now we can. Now we can, and now and everyone's like, I have too many streaming services. Yeah, but they're. I'm not like expensive. that. I'm As soon as I dump DirecTV, I'll be paying far less money for. The, oh the yeah, stuff absolutely. I, want I have in years. The absolutely. That, that I would, if I had a cable box on top of my TV, with a controller that I could flip through the channels, and I had the option of buying specific channels that I wanted with the stupid dumb interface of pushing the button up and down to choose channels. Yeah. That's great. But I have that now, sort of, where I can get Peacock and Disney Plus and CBS and Netflix, and, and every single one of these is a different app. So what you want, line, what you want is an integrated line. guide. Is really all you need. You need What's an integrated that? guide that goes on top of all of it. Yes, I think I think the Roku does actually a pretty damn good job of that because if you search for a movie or a TV show, it will tell you on which services you can find it. Yeah, it doesn't go through all of right them, though. It. it goes through a lot of them, but not all of them. Like, if you have that one edge service that's not covered by Roku, it'll never tell you there's content there. Like Plex. It doesn't query my Plex server. I wish it did. That'd be really nice. Well, to be like, oh, you've yeah, got a local copy right here. Go watch it. Yeah, that's a little out of scope, probably, dude. But... The point is, I like the Roku so much that after buying one, I quickly bought two more. So it's on every TV in my house. I have a Roku on every TV in the house. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that wasn't between that... getting a Roku or getting an Apple TV, to be honest. Get the Roku. The Roku was so inexpensive, but so good <laughs> that it just, it was a no brainer for me. And it, can, it could just I, me be, be, be me talking, but buy the Roku. I've, yeah. I've been using Roku. And you can for run, you can run the Apple TV app. Awesome. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. I think I got a Roku at one point. I bought a Roku. And the current the current Roku remote is so satisfying. Like 
it, it don't just get used feels to that. So the good. next time you buy a Roku, it'll be a whole different remote. Well, it'll be a well, just similar enough, but different remote. <laughs> <laughs> but you also, I can are. I can use my phone as the remote. Yeah, but I I, I find that to be a pain in the ass because there's no tactile feedback. I I bought a Roku like two years ago, and I don't remember what the problem was. Well, I have an iPhone, so it's a experience. quality experience. I ended up returning it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't. I was trying to do something specific, and and the Roku ended up not being able to do it, and I was like, this is totally totally pointless. That's a shame. I need, a shame. need yet another device in the house to play Netflix. Yeah, I mean, the difference is that it's disconnected from all of the other devices. It's like a, a device all in itself. But, well, I, I mean, if, if it doesn't fit your lifestyle, it doesn't fit your lifestyle. But to, yeah, to me, it's been perfect. It's been a perfect replacement for the old cable box. Yeah. So but now you're right, just... it does not have an integrated uh, guide. So somebody who's listening that has some talent at uh, programming, go write an integrated guide for something that'll query all of the various channels, and then Jason will pay you for it. Or maybe he won't. Yeah, it's, that's a thankless job. We're already talking about it. He's not going to pay. Companies, <laughs> companies change their APIs specifically to stop you from doing that. They just keep changing it. That is ridiculous. So. Oh, man. Is this the longest Iron Sysadmin we've ever done? I don't know. Maybe. But we should probably end it now. We do have a lot more news to go over, but none of it's really cool, except yeah, for this one about this guy it. who made his own fiber provider, which is kind of cool. It'll be in the It'll be in the, in the It'll notes. Be in the notes. This guy, this mm. guy, basically his his cable He's company. Talk about it anyway. I'm just gonna summarize. His cable company wouldn't wouldn't build out to where he is, and they wanted to pay a ridiculous amount of money to build their own network out to him. So he mm -hmm. said, "Screw you," and paid three times as much and built his own fiber network. And now he charges for it. Now he now charges for it. He's his own little ISP. I thought it was. I thought it was cool. It's the American dream writ writ, writ large. No, really, it is that like at, I, whoever, he whoever can have it, this he can make me, whatever. Whoever yep. shared this with me, I'm like, I'm like, it's only in America right. you find this. <laughs> and th so that's where you want to host because he has super loose terms of service. I'll bet. Does he? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe he does. He's maybe worse. he can negotiate. Maybe he's worse than Amazon. Super loose terms. Keep in mind, maybe, but maybe he's better. His upstreams could pressure him to dump you because exactly, exactly. They could, I guess. So anyway, folks, I think we've gone on for long enough tonight, yeah, even though we didn't get all the all the stuff. We've gone. More than long enough, I think, mm. at this point. Uh, so, what's the usual close? Here we go. It's been a month. I don't remember it all. Uh, so, if you want to watch us live, you can do that roughly the second and fourth Thursday of every month on Twitch or YouTube at this point. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Iron System and Podcast or YouTube.com slash Iron System and Podcast. Uh, you can join our Matrix community. Or maybe it'll be a Discord community in the future. I don't know. At the moment, it's still Matrix. There's a link in the show notes for that. I'm not going to read it because it's too hard to choke down. It's like there's a plus sign in it and a colon. It's really a pain in the ass. Uh, there's also a link on ironsystemin.com to get you there. Uh, of course, you can find us on the social networks, Facebook and Twitter. Um, Live journal. We used, to be, we used to be on Google+, Plus, but it's gone now. It's a shame. No one's on Google+. Plus now. Gone and, and now you can find us on Librem 1, but there's not a link for that in the notes. Because I don't know if anyone's ever actually... I love that DP stuck with us the entire time. I know, he's still here. That's awesome. <laughs> DP, we playing what are we playing poker again, man? Oh, I missed that. Anyway. And of course, don't forget, you can support the show on Patreon if you feel like you want to do that. Or you can go buy shirts or whatever on uh, Teespring. That's a nice another way to help us out. So links for those are in the notes as well. And I think I'm done talking for tonight. You guys want to say goodnight? Because I'm done. Good night. 
Good night, everybody. And Nate, when he said Discord the last time, I actually said it properly. Discord. So I'm proud of him. Discord. 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 <laughs>